0: Hello and welcome to episode two hundred and fifty-eight of the Samuel and Manny Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Reimer, and I'm uh,
1: Manny Manuel, and I'm Jordan Spires.
0: Hello, Jordan. We are coming at y'all remote, but not remote, due to uh, <laughs> due to I don't know what you would call it—technical difficulties or just me and Manny not being good at figuring out how to record <laughs> remotely. Um, we are in the same house in separate rooms. And uh, Jordan is joining us remotely uh, for the approximately one billionth appearance on the podcast.
1: Yeah, I've lost count. I have no fucking idea how many. Times I, I do have, on this have podcast. an idea. I'm sure you do. And Are I feel like already? last time what we did this, segue. I was like, I have no idea which a, ones I've been on. What a All quality right.
0: segue that was <laughs> into the stats. That's cool.
2: <laughs> who who wants to take the first guess on what number appearance this is for Jordan?
1: I know oh. I'm. I think I'm in the teens. Okay. I think I'm on maybe like fourteen. Fourteen.
0: I was, gonna, okay. I was gonna say thirteen, but yeah, somewhere in there. Sam nails it. Thirteen?
2: Mm. Number thirteen. Lucky Ooh, number.
1: Lucky number.
2: Do you think you could That's name them crazy. all? Could you name them all?
1: Oh, I think I tried to do this last time and I missed a bunch. Um, I'm gonna try. Okay, fire away. Okay. The last one I was on was Beauty and the Beast. Um, I did Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban and I did Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two. Correct. I did Arrival. I did Dune. I've done Toy Story 4. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done Annihilation. Yeah. There's six more. Um, I did Unforgiven. Yep. Sleepless in Seattle. Yep. Um... Jurassic Park, Yep. with Rachel. Come That's on, three more. Come on. Um, oh my oh, well, god, what am I missing? Okay,
2: are, well, because you're, are you at ten? Yeah. Okay, so you're only missing two because one of them is Kindergarten Cop.
1: Oh right, so I'm missing two.
2: Yeah.
1: Holy shit. Um. I have no idea.
2: Do you want a hint? Sure. Okay. One of them is, it was just me and you, and it's a movie you'd never seen before. Oh, I know it. And if I'm not mistaken...
1: Oh, A Few Good Men, which I don't think is the one that you're talking about, because I've seen it before. What's the other one that you and I I did together?
2: Hold on, just before Sam answers, I want to quickly, just to make you feel even worse. (laughs) Let's
0: see... Oh, I know what you're doing. Uh, Are you pulling it up on her top of the year list? Yes. Oh, for fuck's sakes.
1: It was your
2: your number two movie of that year. Nice.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
2: Your number one movie of that year was Beauty and the Beast. And this was your number two.
1: Oh, what was the other 91 movie I I did with you?
0: (laughs) I bet uh, if you don't get it, you're going to be so upset you'll drive off a cliff.
1: Oh, fuck, it someone please? God <laughs> nah, damn it, I love that movie. I forgot I did that for the podcast. Yeah. Good, thank you. Cheers.
2: <laughs> well done, Sam. Nice. Yeah. Cheers. Um. So, 13 damn. films. 12, 12 that are... So, in the stats here, we're only talking about the 12 that we've done prior yeah. to this. Four of them have made the Sam Pantheon. Yeah. One third of them. <laughs> so, that's Arrival, Jurassic good. Park. A few good men and unforgiven, all in the same pantheon.
0: What do you but think? You the gave aver- Unforgiven a three though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she did. I'm sorry.
1: My thoughts have not changed on that movie. That's unfortunate.
2: Uh <laughs> Jordan, what's the average metascore of your twelve
1: films? Well, I usually come on here only for good movies. So I wanna say it's probably a lot a bit higher. I'm going to say somewhere in the 70s, maybe? Early 70s, like 71?
0: 71.
2: Jordan? Or sorry. Sam, what do you think?
0: Higher than 71? That's that's a pretty good guess. I will take the... uh, I'm trying to run through. I'm going to take the under. Uh, The under. Uh, You'd be wrong.
2: Uh, It is the highest amongst all PFGs at a whopping 79.6.
1: Holy shit. That's not bad.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is first by a pretty... Good margin.
1: It's not bad. Does this, a, this might bring it down a touch. I don't I think, think this maybe. has a terrible meta score.
2: What is the average letterbox score of your 12 films?
1: I want to say like a like a four.
2: Four. Which would be in line with a 79.6. Yeah. Sam?
0: Average letterbox score, is that what we're doing? Yeah. Uh, like user score, not her rating. Correct. Uh, yeah, that's, she's going to 4.0. I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a 4.2. It's a 3.9. 3.9, yeah. 3. 9. yeah. That's, the th- that's the
2: third amongst PFGs with at least two films.
1: Nice. I'm pretty happy with that. That's pretty solid.
2: Jordan, what do you think your average rating of the movies is?
1: Oh, well, most of the movies I've rated on here have been a five. <laughs> or at least a four. I think I have, I think I've had one. Maybe two threes. Did I give Toy Story 4 a 3? No. I don't.
0: No, you did I? I oh, think you gave it a 4.
1: Oh, man. He's shaking his head. I gave it a 3. Oh, wow. I'm going to say I'm probably at like a... I think personally, I'm probably at like a
2: 4.2. Sam? I'll take the over. Correct. 4.4.
3: 4.4.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's why we're doing this movie. Because last time I was on here, I'm like, I've only been on here for... For the most part, quality movies. Yeah. <laughs> I've Ooh. not been on here for a movie that... Some would consider to be actually bad.
0: <laughs> Some.
2: <laughs> um, Jordan, what do you think Sam's average rating of the movies that you've watched is?
0: Yours is a 4.4. 4. What do you think Sam is? Are you including, like, Thelma and Louise, what I wasn't on the podcast for, but did give a rating yep. for? Yes, I am.
1: Okay. I think, if anything, Sam's rated slightly higher than I have on a couple of the movies that I did lower. But I think he's also gone lower on a couple of the movies. We're probably pretty close, like a 4.2,
2: 4.3. 4.3.
1: 4.3.
2: That's fourth yeah. percent for amongst the PFGs. Mm-hmm. And what do you think my rating is?
1: Lower because Harry Potter's on the list. I'm going to say 3.8.
2: <laughs> it's also a 4.3.
1: Oh, it is also a 4.3. Which
2: ties you for first for many ratings. with
1: West. Oh, damn. Damn. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'll take that. Given how many times I've been on here, I'll take that. That's pretty good.
2: Yeah. You're actually I've only given one of the movies that you've been on a three.
1: And was that, that the was last Harry, Harry Potter? Ascaban. Ascaban. That right. Oh, yeah. That's that hurts still. <laughs> well you gave so Unforgiven. I know. You gave Unforgiven a three.
2: So we're even. That's fair. <laughs> Awesome. So that I fuck, I love I love stats. Sorry about that.
1: No, I love stats too. That was fun. Wicked. Oh, okay. I love it.
2: Um, before we move on though, we do have someone to thank. Uh, and that's uh the Queen of Bad Taste Mushhead. <laughs> uh she was on last week to review Ghost. We had a really good time with that movie. Uh, that was a that was a
0: really fun episode and a really fun movie. Uh we were saying to Jordan before we actually uh hit record that that feels like one she should knock off the list cuz that's that's just a quality movie right there.
2: Yeah. I I think it's I I agree. I think it's a movie that uh, that Jordan will enjoy for sure.
1: Is it streaming on anything?
2: Uh Paramount. I, th-
0: I think I I think I rented it. Uh I think I rented it on Prime. I paid like the 5 bucks or whatever uh, it was. I you-
1: will probably find other means
0: go to go to go
2: go through a cineplex movie and get a free rental i do
1: have a free rental i've
0: tried right i've tried i've tried getting the cineplex app on my uh amazon fire stick and i i don't think i could find it you one can't day or something.
1: you can't get it on the fire stick
0: okay but i uh have an hdmi port in my new laptop exactly. now so i can probably just pull it up on the yeah. on the old laptop and stream it so that that's way
1: what it's what we used to do all the time
0: mm-hmm. what tv do you have uh, it's some old fucking thing. I
1: oh, it's older. Oh, okay, because yeah, my TV.
0: T- my TV has the Cineplex app on it. Fancy oh. smart yeah, TV. Does not bloody da, <laughs> Manny Manuel lives in a castle with his smart TV. I know with
2: with four bedrooms. Yeah, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, literally uh, being a single man with a four bedroom is the biggest fuck you in BC ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, i I've. I've, I've Flipping everyone the bird as I cry myself to sleep alone every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. actually, we thank you, Ashley, uh, for coming on for Ghost. We we did have a really great time, uh, and we all really enjoyed the movie. It was a lot of it was a lot of fun to review it, and it was really great to revisit that movie. Yeah, fun movie, movie fun discussion. It was a good time. So, so thanks, Mushhead. We can't wait to have you on again. Um, as per tradition, when it occurs, though, before we move on. Uh, someone was kind enough to answer our Spotify question attached to the episode on Ghost, which was, what is your favorite Patrick Swayze performance? And as I promised and continue to promise to do so until, in, and I hope that day comes, where we have so many people answering that it takes up too much time for us to read them all. But as of right now, it's pretty easy. One person answered. That person being... Jordan Spires.
3: What? <laughs> the, the, the question again was <laughs> is,
2: What is your favorite Patrick Swayze performance? Jordan Spires' answer was Jordan?
1: The Outsiders.
2: The Outsiders.
1: Mainly because I've not seen very many Patrick Swayze movies. I was looking through his filmography. I'm like, oh, fuck.
2: How... I'm actually curious. You have seen... seen. Did you. Did you watch Roadhouse with
1: Sam? Was he in Calgary when he was? Oh, had I roadhouse? I watched Roadhouse with Sam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Abomination. Yes. I I uh, I try to
1: th- I try not to think about it, but mm-hmm. I have unfortunately seen that. I've seen like I've seen Dirty Dancing. Okay. Um, and I've seen he was in a uh, Point Point Break. Point Break. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it
2: was
1: so. You haven't only. seen
2: Tu Wong Fu. Thank you, Julie Newmar.
1: No.
2: That should be on your watch list. Yeah. Yeah, look it up. To Wong Fu. Thank you, Julie Newmar. That's
0: we want title. Yeah, long we were film. just
2: discussing something relevant about this.
1: Oh, is it a queer Pri- film? Yep. It a, okay, interesting. Mm. It's about drag queens. Is it?
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, while she looks it up,
2: mm-hmm. Sam, what is your answer to your My- favorite my instinct
0: my instinct, also led me to uh, Derry in The Outsiders. Um,
3: I'm, tr-
0: I'm trying to see if there's anything else. I haven't seen many of the iconic roles. I have, of course, seen uh, Ghost and Roadhouse, as we just discussed. I wasn't the most impressed. Uh, he wasn't a huge topic of conversation in Ghost. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, he does a lot of acting where he's not actually in the room with the other actors who are in the scene. So mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult for him to give an authentic performance at times. Um, I don't know. Outsiders was my introduction to him. I, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Outsiders, okay. and I have I haven't seen Dirty Dancing. You haven't? haven't. No, haven't seen Dirty Dancing. Wow. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, before I give my answer, Jordan, did you find the film?
1: I did. I will definitely add it to my watch list. That's a 3.7 on Letterbox. That's pretty solid.
2: It's a good movie. It's a really good movie.
1: Yeah, I'll give it a go. It's not streaming, unfortunately, but that's okay. I'll find okay. a way to watch it.
2: My answer is, of course, Bodhi from Point Break. Yeah,
0: naturally. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right.
1: Like that's such uh, a generational answer. Like, my mom would probably... Well, actually, my mom loves Patrick Swayze in most of his movies, so I don't know... Your
0: mom, that. because she is a mom, will say ghost.
1: Yeah. Well... <laughs> she'll, no. She loves she'll, dirt, Point or Break. Dirty, dancing.
0: Or Dirty it Dancing might be dirty as well. Dancing yeah. as
1: well. Yeah, she was, a, she was big on those. Awesome. Apparently he was in Donnie Darko, but I don't remember him in that.
2: I, uh, I haven't seen it. All right. Let's talk about what we've been watching. As always, Sam will start us off. Sammy boy,
0: what have you been watching? <laughs> All right. I finally started uh, a show that I've been really <laughs> excited to watch. I knew that I would like it. And uh, three episodes in, I'm already very impressed. I started watching Ted Lasso. Um, American College football coach Ted Lasso heads to London to manage AFC Richmond, a struggling English Premier League football team. Uh, Manny, I know that you are watching Ted Lasso. Uh, Jordan?
1: Oh, I finished it. Finished it? I've watched okay. it twice. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I'm three episodes in. I knew that I would like it from what everybody told me. They just told me it was really optimistic, really uplifting it's, show.
1: Yeah, it's one of the most wholesome shows that exists yeah. anywhere.
0: And uh, I'm already so impressed. I mentioned this in the movie chat, but there was some line that I'm going to paraphrase and probably butcher when they're dealing with what's the really cocky superstar's name, like the Jamie uh, Tart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> that was in perfect unison. Uh, Jamie Tart. Uh, when he's first dealing with him, and uh, <laughs> and him and his him and his uh, assistant are talking about like, wow, what an asshole that guy is, but they don't say asshole because they're like Pleasant Fox, which is like, wow, that guy's got a bit of an attitude. And he says, "Yeah, wait till we win him over. <laughs> he's gonna be, <laughs> he's gonna be furious." Or something like that. Yep. I just love the the constant optimism. Oh, and there was an episode I just watched where um, I think the character's name is Nate, like the ball boy. Yeah, uh, or the kit whatever they call him. The kit, the kit manager. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the kit manager. Uh, Nate's being bullied by other members of the team and Ted doesn't do anything about it uh, because he sees it as an opportunity to build rapport in the locker room and instill leadership in one of the veteran members of the squad. That's a fucking great episode. I, I really liked the way that was handled. That was awesome. Um. So yeah, I, like every turn of the way it's been funny. It's been lighthearted. Uh, it's been realistic. It's been deep. Uh, what, watching people's reactions to ted be wholesome are almost as nice as him being wholesome himself like i just passed the part where uh, a reporter and him go to dinner to uh do a profile Mm. on the new manager of the team i can't remember what it is Is that that was trent cram yeah yeah Yeah. uh and (laughs) ted says something that i can't remember about um uh, how he hopes Trent has a great night and he wishes him the most success. He like says some really positive, like weirdly, like weirdly specific thing. And Trent looks at him. and He's like, you actually believe that don't you? And he's just completely incredulous. Like, you actually believe that don't you? Um, I've been, I've been so impressed by Ted Lasso only three episodes in. I already can't wait to continue watching it. I'm going back and forth between whether I want to just binge this thing out right now or kind of, stretch it out but I just I don't know I don't have a lot of free time these days so whenever I do get free time I'm always like okay I gotta just watch all the things and just use as much time as possible but anyway I've been I've been so impressed and I I can't wait to see where the show goes I don't know if either of you have anything you want to add about Ted Lasso before I move on
1: go ahead Jordan Manny have you finished Ted Lasso like have you watched the finale yet
2: nope I'm really uh, like I've mentioned to Sam and I've mentioned on the podcast, I no long- I refuse to binge. Refuse. And I oh, I'm like to- the opposite. I want to watch one episode and savor it and yeah. completely enjoy it and let my thoughts fully form on it and really let it soak in. And I found myself enjoying shows way more because of that. And so I almost go a week – almost sometimes two between an episode depending on what i need to watch so i'm current i just finished episode nine nine last night
1: so you have the last year the finale is all that's left for you
2: yeah i'm i'm in no no i i'm in season three
1: yeah So, so the finale is all that's left for you right
2: no, there's twelve episodes. Oh,
1: there are twelve episodes. See, I that thought there was I thought, so there, I was, there was. I thought I think there's there was ten in the other ones, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. I thought I thought there was only ten, so that's why I was actually really stretching out these last ones. And then when I watch went to watch nine last night, as I was about to press play, on the screen I could see the frame for episode ten. And then on the right hand side of the screen there was this little thing. This little side <laughs> frame. I was like, what? And I scroll over, I'm like, twelve
1: episodes?
2: Oh, I got more Ted Lasso to enjoy.
1: Sounds good to me. I'll so, say yeah. one thing about the ending of the show is that when you get to episode twelve, I recommend having a box of Kleenexes on yes. hand if you're That's a crier. All
2: I've, all I've heard
1: the entire episode. The entire episode got me. There was like not a moment where I was composed.
2: <laughs> Pretty episode eight, the one prior to the one I just watched, was close to that, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that one was rough. Yeah. There's an, there's another one I really enjoyed, but I—that's not a spoiler to reveal kind of the theme of the episode. I'll, I'll just the restaurant episode, mm, yeah, in season three uh yeah me as well
1: sam you're in for a wild ride this show is so good and i'm yeah. so happy you started watching it <laughs> yeah
0: i what inspired me i think it was uh it was mushy that uh told me to start start watching it last week i mean everybody has told me to watch yeah. this show but last week we were talking about it with Mushhead. and don't give her fucking credit Fuck that bitch no <laughs> no 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 you're right she didn't say shit Maddie. Oh. <laughs> don't go back and listen to the episode there's no evidence mean. there you won't find it yeah I'm actually going to go back and edit that part out. I'm going to go edit that part out. And then you're going to edit this part out where you incriminate yourself.
3: Yeah.
0: No, I'm going to leave this in. (laughs) (laughs) That seems counterproductive. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) All right. Uh, Admittedly, this wasn't even a selection for Pride Month. It just kind of worked out that way. I just, uh, Emma and I were looking through my watch list and we were just looking for something to watch on a Sunday and uh, this was one that was on streaming and uh, seemed like it would be a fun fun thing to do. Uh, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert from 1994. (laughs) Two drag performers and a transgender woman travel across the desert to perform their unique style of cabaret. Uh, Yeah, this is insanely before its time. I usually kind of judge queer movies in terms of their proximity to philadelphia uh this is a year removed from philadelphia so with that bar in mind this is like light years ahead of its time in terms of its uh i don't know progressivism or in terms of its uh its portrayals of uh drag performers uh gay people transgender people the whole the whole thing uh i was so enthralled and had so much fun. The performances of Hugo Weaving, Guy Pearce, and Terence Stamp, so good, top to bottom. Guy Pearce in particular is having the time of his life. Uh, completely uh, not quite going into hammy territory, but he is he's is leaning into every gay stereotype you can think of, having a, having a ball without, in my opinion, going into offensive territory. He's just he's just having a ton of fun. Um, and I, I super enjoyed watching all of these people packed into a tightly confined space on a time crunch under great stress yelling at each other. It was a really, really funny movie. There's at least a couple of things in the film that don't age well through no fault of its own, really. I mean, it's a 30-year-old film, are... What's the word that I'm looking for? Our morals, I guess, our standards have sort of changed over the years, so I try not to judge it too harshly, but there's at least one subplot with a character who is a like a really big racial stereotype. I don't know if you guys recall that part, but that didn't do anything for me. I thought that was a really... I kind of hated everything about that subplot, uh, which is why the film got a four. Uh, it It really took me out of the film for a minute, but if you like road trip films, if you like uh queer cinema, uh The Adventures of Priscilla Queen of the Desert, can't recommend highly enough. Very fun, very uplifting. Um you know, I I compared it earlier to um compared it earlier to uh Philadelphia, but they're just like completely different movies tonally. Uh Philadelphia is dark and uh, upsetting and uh, humanizing. This is a humanizing film too, but it's just on the other spectrum. It's just about people who want to have fun and want to enjoy themselves and who want to work and who want to bring joy to the world and uh, their journey to get that done. So yeah, uh, Priscilla, or The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, 405.
1: Yeah, I loved this movie. I can't remember. I think, Manny, I think you convinced me to watch it during the 1994 retrospective. Yep. And, um... I went in with very low expectations because it was a queer movie made in the '90s, and I have sat through some absolutely garbage ones. And I again am looking at the Crying Game.
3: Mm-hmm. You
1: can actually make a good queer movie in the '90s, and this was a really great example of it. I had so much fun watching it. it kind of reminded me of watching The Birdcage. Like just a lot of fun, very mm-hmm. wholesome. Again, you're right. The actors are all having such a fantastic time. I adored Terrence Stamp in this. I thought he was fantastic. Like it's not a role that I ever thought I would see him in knowing Terrence Stamp growing up with the movies he's made more recently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. This movie is so much fun. I absolutely adore it. I
0: think
1: yeah, I that gave it movie, a four too.
2: Yeah. That was, that was your number five of that year. Yeah. Um, I gave it a three. It was my number 15 of 1994. Um, and in my year in review, I put Terrence Stamp as one of my five best supporting actor nominees that year. Hmm. Uh, I think he was phenomenal and completely overlooked in this performance. Uh, the, the movie itself, I had a really great time with. Uh, i always been a fan of Guy Pearce and Hugo Weaving, so those three guys all together th- throughout the whole movie were completely enjoyable. It's been so long since I last saw it when I watched it for 94 that... I can't remember my reasons for it getting a three, but I have I've, I have nothing bad to say off the movie that I can remember,
0: but it did get a three when I watched it. All right. Well, those are those are numbers one and two, and uh, I'll finish with this one. Uh, on Manny's recommendation, Manny, I think you talked about this last week. Actually, um, <gasps> yeah, yes. And your uh, your gl- your glowing recommendation inspired me to watch. Oh. Uh, on well, is this an Apple TV movie? I can't remember where no. I watched this.
1: Uh, Prime, uh, Amazon,
0: Prime? Yeah, yeah, Amazon Prime. Uh, pinball: The Man Who Saved the Game, the story of Roger Sharp, the young Midwesterner who overturned New York City's thirty-five year old ban on pinball machines. Uh. I, so there's nothing particularly groundbreaking in my mind in this movie. This is a, uh, this is a story. First of all, I didn't know the story of pinball machines. I knew that they were illegal for a time. I didn't know the story of the whole, uh, the, well, I won't spoil it. Jordan, have you seen this?
1: No, but after, I think I saw Manny, Manny talked about it in the movie chat and I'm like, well, that sounds like a fun time. And then you rated it a four. I'm like, okay, well, this is going on my slightly more immediate watch list.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. I think the charm of pinball the film, is uh, the. we all have things that we're passionate about. And just watching somebody innocent, unsuspecting, kind, and sort of meek uh, fight for something that he comes to love, uh, something as ridiculous as pinball that he views as a metaphor for life. uh, And by the way, the scenes of him compare, uh, they never really spell out, like, pinball equals life like they never really spell out that (laughs) metaphor but they're they are still pretty heavy-handed about it but in a good way I think those comparisons work really well those scenes are really emotional where he's he's getting like borderline a little misty-eyed about this silly little children's game which is illegal in many major cities across the United States in the 70s um yeah I, I really think the charm of the film is just watching this man fight for something that he loves and uh, and he will stop at nothing to uh, to to help share that love that he feels and that's really just it Um, the lead actor in the film Mike Feist uh, best known at least by me as riff from West Side Story Mm. the last iteration of West Side Story um, is phenomenal grew a fantastic grew a fantastic mustache for the role I assume it's real I hope it's real I choose to believe it's real Um, grew a fantastic mustache for the role and, uh, does great work. Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing really to say beyond that hour and a half long about things that you're passionate about. I think anybody will be able to relate to it. You can insert your own passions, uh, in, I mean, this is not just a film for people who like pinball. This is a film who are (laughs) passionate about something, something that they would fight for. And, uh, that that really is the charm of the film. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Four out of five, very good movie. I
1: feel like the genre of movie has been really popular this year. There's been a lot of, like, kind of, like, low-key biopics with, like, mm. that Flaming Hot and even That's you put so in, like, um, what was that one with Taron Egerton, the Tetris one? Tetris, I
0: haven't seen that yet. Is it just called I, Tetris? <laughs> I um, love and that even one, like, too.
1: even, like, Air and Blackberry. Like, this has been a very, like, dad biopic movie year.
0: Mm-hmm. Dad biopic movie. Yeah. I don't I think know of them. I... When I
1: think of when I think of like movies like air and like, like I just think of them as like your like dad movie.
2: Yep, I get that. I don't think pinball's in there. I understand why, but pinball's very, very lighthearted.
1: Yeah.
0: And I yeah. I'll also add real quick on pinball. I really liked um while I said it's nothing really groundbreaking, the storytelling um style I thought yes. was really cool. Yes. Uh, it delves into this whole uh, it, it plays with the idea that is this a documentary? Uh, we're going to have flashbacks. We have the real, in air quotes, guy telling the story. And then we have Mike Feist and flashbacks. So we play with the whole unreliable narrator thing. And we play around with that. That's that's fun. I, they, did a, they did a good job of that. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I
2: talked about this last week. So I won't dive into it very much more. Except for Jordan, I 100% think that you will have a... A good time. Whether you give it a four, I don't know. I don't see how someone could watch this movie and not have a good time. It's very light, very breezy. Mike Feist is so adorably charming, and yeah, I, I I just had a fucking great time. I with that movie as I was watching, I just kept going. I'm like, I'm having a lot of fun. Like, I'm having a really good time.
1: Mm -hmm. That's good to hear. It's on my list. I like. I've been watching a lot of like super melancholic movies lately mm-hmm. so I would like to get back on a slightly happier movie swing Okay,
2: pinball, um, so pinball I'm going to put that
1: hot. I'm going to put those those are both on my list Flaming Hot too. that one's on my list on uh, on Disney so wicked. I'll uh, hopefully get to those ones sooner than later
3: perfect
2: alright that's what Sam's been watching Jordan what have you been All checking right. out recently?
1: Uh, so I'm going to talk about a couple movies that are very recent releases two of them I saw in theaters and one of them I didn't um, the first one I'm going to talk about is one that I know I don't think either of you are actually going to watch, uh, mm-hmm. and that's Asteroid City, yep. uh, Wes Anderson's newest flick. Uh, my my the,
0: roommates are both going to want to watch that, so I'm probably going to wind up watching this.
1: <laughs> did you watch? Did you guys end up watching The French Dispatch? Nope. No,
0: that's
1: hmm. fair. Hmm. Um, I really liked Asteroid City. Um, it follows kind of this fictional town uh, where an asteroid hits Earth. And the site becomes this sort of little tourist spot. Um, there's nothing in this town other than the site. There's like a science lab. There's a diner, and then there's like a like a camper park. Um, and it follows uh, like small groups of people who have all come here for kind of like a science, for like a science fair not fair but like these kids are presenting their science projects and one of them's going to win like five thousand dollars it's like a pre- prestigious award from the, the science lab that's there um and that's probably what intrigued me the most is that this is like it's a Wes Anderson movie but it's like a sci fi West Wes Anderson movie um which was really quirky which is I know how you can kind of describe all of his movies are all kind of quirky um kind of <laughs> Or very quirky, whatever. Uh, I I love his style. I think uh, I think his movies are very fun. They're they're silly, uh, but I love how like I love the aesthetic of their movies, which I you know what loses a lot of people. Where they're just like, this is stupid. I don't want to watch the same shot over and over and over again, which I totally get. He's a very hit or miss director, um, so I'm not I'm not surprised you wouldn't want to watch this. Um, I do find it to be kind of one of his more accessible movies i find mm-hmm. it more along the lines of like the grand budapest hotel um like i found while i really enjoyed the french dispatch i found it to be a lot and it's not one that i'm gonna like go back to very often uh, while i enjoyed it but like the grand budapest hotel is one that i think is really fun and i really enjoy watching more than once uh, and i definitely think this could be one of them um just with the the elements of the kind of like the science fiction parts of it are like super well done um, and they're funky and the, it gets very meta at some points, which I really like when movies do that. Um, as well as like the cast, he can always get a phenomenal cast into his movies. So everybody's really good in it. Um, in particular, I liked Jake Ryan, who was the kid in eighth grade who um, Kayla becomes friends with at the end.
0: Yeah. Um, um,
1: like the nerdy, the super nerdy yeah, kid. Yeah, Gabe.
0: Gabe. Gabe, that's
1: it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I spent. I was literally sitting in the theater, and I spent the whole time being like, "I recognize this kid's face. Why the fuck do I recognize his face?" Uh, and it was, I it was just,
0: grade. Uh, I just watched um, another. Uh, I just watched Moonrise Kingdom, and that kid's in that as like a kid. kid. Oh, is he? And the second his he's like in it and kind of off to the background, off to the side. The second his face is on screen, I was like eighth grade kid for sure, <laughs> absolutely. Nice. So they must have. I don't know. He, must've, must've <laughs> he must have. They must have stayed in touch. A... Him and Wes Anderson.
1: Well, like, Wes Anderson has his regulars, so I'm sure he's just trying to make sure he continues to have them as some of his other regulars age out.
0: Yeah, he's developing a a farm team.
1: Yeah, Willem Dafoe and Tom Hanks can only star in so many more movies before.
2: Um, Tom Hanks is in other Wes Anderson films?
1: I actually don't know that he is.
2: I thought this was his first. I
1: think this might be his first. Okay. But even just like Willem Dafoe, he's done a few now. Um, But it was really fun. Maya Hawke was really good in it. Um, Wes Anderson's favorite guy Jason Schwartzman was really good in this Um, and Jeff Goldblum also kind of has like a funky little little cameo role in it that was absolutely hilarious Um, yeah I really liked it it was a it was a fun Wes Anderson movie with a bit of a sci-fi edge Um, I'm glad that I got to see it in theaters uh, and it gave it a a solid four out of five I, I will never go higher than a four I don't think but I did I did still enjoy it but I I know Manny won't like it. Sam, I think you might like it. Like, if Emma and Faith ever make you watch it, I feel like you. I feel like you wouldn't give it a failing grade.
0: I don't think I. I don't <laughs> think I've ever. I don't think I've ever given a Wes Anderson film a failing grade. I like. I don't dislike Wes Anderson. Um, it's kind of just the effect where like you hear about how good something is over and over and over and over again. And I don't mean like this particular film. I haven't actually paid a lot of attention to the buzz on this. I just mean like spe- like generally Wes Anderson. I just hear yeah. all the time about like how great his films are um grand budapest being chief among them is like people insist to me all the time that that's his masterpiece and it's just like an excellent film and i just so don't get it i so i know i made you watch it and i was so
1: disappointed at the end i didn't
0: like yeah i didn't dislike it but being told repeatedly how great it is and then just being like not really like it's good i don't know I, i enjoyed it but you know, I think I think Grand Budapest got a three. I think Moonrise Kingdom got a three, maybe. Maybe a four. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I really liked. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox is probably my favorite Wes Anderson to date, which got a four. Um, you also liked yeah. uh,
1: The Royal Tenenbaums.
0: Yeah, I was impressed by that one. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, just not, I, I would just not list Wes Anderson as among my favorite directors. But to each their yeah, that's own. Fair. That's the beauty of it all.
1: It's interesting, and talk about the reception of this movie, a lot of the reviews have been kind of mixed, where some people are like, this isn't Wes Anderson enough, and other people are saying, this is too Wes Anderson, Oops. and I'm like, I think you're all wrong, I think yeah. this is just Wes Anderson. <laughs> uh,
0: a, a co-worker of mine talks about uh, getting into bands that he doesn't like, if he's trying to find like an album that... Uh... Uh, for a band that he doesn't like just to like sort of ease himself into maybe liking them. He says he finds the ones that are most reviled by the fans. So he's just like, Oh good. I can like, if I don't like this person's usual shtick, maybe this will be good. So if yeah. Red City gets bad reviews or it doesn't, isn't Wes Anderson enough, <laughs> eh, maybe, maybe I check it out. <laughs>
1: That's what I was saying. like. I think it's one of his more accessible, Movies like I don't, it doesn't yeah, but then but then you said
0: like Grand Budapest, so that I just disc- discount. I that also find Grand Budapest
1: <laughs> to be a pretty accessible Wes Anderson movie, though. Yeah, like if you are asking me which think. which which Wes Anderson movie you should start with, I am not gonna say like French Dispatch. I'd actually probably say Fantastic Mister Fox. But yeah,
0: I think that. Oh, I also French saw one. Isle of Dogs. I forgot to mention that one. Oh, Three. Yeah, I
1: I think I started it and I never finished it.
0: Yeah, there is one incredible scene of animation. There is a scene where somebody makes sushi. That's absolutely astounding and the rest of it is so forgettable anyway that's that all right <laughs>
1: i'm not gonna let many talk okay um,
0: <laughs> he, he's biting his tongue <laughs> he's like i'm he's not, not getting letting, into this he's just not letting keep this move talk. on I will. he
1: wants us to move on <laughs> no
0: I'm, I'm just like let's keep this positive <laughs> like ted lasso would want
1: well, if i are going to keep this positive, um, the next movie I watched came out in 2021 oh, no. and might be one of the most harrowing movies I've seen in a very long time.
2: Oh, shit.
1: Yeah, sorry. Um, Holy fuck. And it fuck. was Mass. <laughs>
2: oh, I which, haven't seen this. Which um,
1: you should. Um, you literally Oops. understand the same thing. That was hilarious. Um, Mass follows two sets of parents. Um, who are meeting years after the incredibly tragic events of a school shooting. Um, One set of parents belongs to the shooter and one set of parents belongs to one of the victims. And that is, I was like anxious and on the verge of tears for the entirety of the movie Until the end where it finally all just fell out of my face. That is an amazing movie. And I can't believe that it didn't get more buzz than it deserved. Especially from at least two, if not three, of the four performers. So this whole movie takes place in one room. Which I love movies like that. Um, It's confined. It's very intimate. There's not a lot to look at. But you can't remove yourself from the screen like you're just so involved in these people's lives and the performances by especially Jason Isaacs and Martha Plimpton were absolutely phenomenal and the fact that they got zero nominations for acting in this movie is like fucking a slap in the face holy shit like Jason Isaacs and Martha Plimpton both had moments where I had like my jaw on the ground Yes. Of monologues and I was just like, this this is this is absolutely insane. And even um The Other Mom and Dowd was also so good and it was such a contrast. She had such a grounded performance. Um and it worked so well against the other two. I just can't I'm mad that this movie didn't get more buzz. Not that it's like a happy, you know, everybody go watch this movie right now because you're going to have a really fun time watching it. You're not. You're going to have a terrible time watching it. But you're going, like, you should watch it. It's still, unfortunately, insanely relevant. And it will, unfortunately, continue to be relevant for a very long time, especially given that it doesn't necessarily focus so much on the school shooting as it does how it has now affected these people's lives and everybody involved and how it will always continue to affect these people until they die. It was absolutely, again, very harrowing. I don't know that I'll ever watch it. I mean, I'll probably watch it at least one more time, but like, it's not one that I'm just like itching to go back to. I would probably like to not watch it for a very, very, very long time. Um, but it was absolutely incredible. And I think if you're ever in the mood for a movie that just makes you want to feel something, that this is an incredibly good one to put on. Uh, it's on Crave right now. I gave it a five out of five immediately. Whoa. Yeah.
0: Wow. I think this is already on my watch list. It, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Like, it got such good reviews at the time. Manny said such kind things about it. I am going to check, but um, I can't remember why I didn't get around to this. I think I, think I actually had a solid list in 2021 and just didn't uh, straight up didn't get around to it, yeah. unfortunately.
1: Like, if I think of us to re- if I was to remake my 2021 list, which I haven't actually looked at in a while...
0: I'm looking um, at I it I think
1: this now I, this must this there's no way that this doesn't make my top ten list for twenty twenty one. Oh I'm Rachel nipping. gave it a five too. Yeah. It
2: it's... was my it was my number ten. I th- I think it can easily knock out at least your number ten.
1: Hang on, I'm I'm trying to find it. I don't know where my list is though.
2: I can I give it to like you if have... you
1: want. Nope, I found it. Got it. Like I, I have a bunch they're on letterbox somewhere. Oh yeah, it knocks out my number ten for sure. It probably, like, it would probably sit, I think right now, it probably sits number seven.
3: That so sounds about right.
1: Yeah. It was, it was incredible. God, 2021 was a good year. Hmm. Yeah.
2: This movie is absolutely breathtaking. In every aspect of that word. It is... Two, possibly three, but two for sure. Powerhouse performances from Martha Plimpton and Jason Isaacs, and Dowd is really good as well. And the fourth parent, uh, Red was, Bernie. Yeah, he
1: he just played himself. To be fair, he <laughs> like that's just kind of who I, he is in movies. Like I haven't seen him in much, but he didn't have anything.
2: Yeah, the super other 3 all get a lot to work yeah. with and Plimpton in particular, for me. Um, Looking at, thinking of the way things would probably work out, Plimpton would probably be the lead actress. Isaacs and Dowd would be supporting. Uh, I can tell you right now, personally, in Best Actress, you can kick out, I only saw three of the performances, but two of them, you can easily take out Nicole Kidman or Kristen Stewart. Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, or Kristen Stewart for Spencer. I will happily take out Martha Plimpton for either one of those two. Jason Isaacs in Best Supporting Actor, I will take out any of the four except the winner to put him in. I I think yeah, he's better too. than I think he's better than Sierra Hines in Belfast. I think he's better than Jesse Plemons in Power of the Dog. I think he's better than Jakey Simmons in Be- being the Ricardos, and he's better than Cody Smith-McPhee in the Power of the Dog. I will not take out troy kotzer for coda
1: hmm. um, not a chance you, would, you all... would
0: receive some backlash from the two of us <laughs> I tell you
2: yes. but in in all honesty jason isaacs
0: could give him a run but not
2: a win those yeah. other four performances i think pale in comparison to troy kotzer jason isaacs in this movie i don't think pales in comparison he is unbelievable he was uh, phenomenal he and had one Al- scene in
1: particular that like absolutely blew me away
2: is it at the end not really. Oh no, no! There, I know the other one. Yeah. There's, there's two moments for Isaac's for me,
1: yeah.
2: uh, and there's one at the end where he hears music. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then Anne Dell for Best Supporting Actress. You, uh, let's see, I could easily take out Dench, Dunst. I don't want to take out on Ellis. I really liked her King Richard, and I'm obviously not taking out Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. So you could
1: take out Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter.
2: I didn't see it, so I can't. It was fine. So I, I agree. This was criminally overlooked by the Academy and it blows my mind because if you actually look at mass on IMDb in their awards section, the critics, like every critics association heaped praise yeah. all over this movie for, for the movie, for the cast. It's how this got overlooked like that is it boggles my mind. So whatever, uh, whatever production company uh, or distribution a company had this film did not do a good job in marketing it to the, to the Academy. And that's unfortunate because this movie needs to be, this movie needs to be seen. And I agree as much as I love this movie, I gave it a four. It was my number 10 of the year. I'm in no rush to watch it again, but I know for a fact that I'm going to watch this again. And if I'm ever in the mood, I'm like, Oh, I think I really need to feel something. And I'm, I want to cry. This is a go-to. And uh, yeah, I'm. I was so excited when I saw that you were watching it, and then even more excited when I saw how much you enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm so glad you checked this out.
1: Yeah, I couldn't imagine anybody. I can't imagine anybody watching this movie and not get anything out of it. Agreed. Like, there's. It's not. I don't. It's not possible. If you get nothing out of this movie, I don't actually think I want to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can't
0: imagine mass shooters are too big a fan of it. <laughs> well, th- 30,
2: 38 people gave it a half-star rating on uh, Letterbox. Oh,
1: fuck. I hate, I hate people on Letterboxd sometimes. I love Letterboxd. It is like, I love, I use it all the time. It's one of my most used apps, but it fuck is, some of the people my on that most app. most used app by
0: far. Yeah. Not only do I use Letterboxd a lot, I also browse the Letterbox subreddit a lot.
1: Oh, I do too.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wicked.
0: All
2: right, what's next, Jordan?
1: All right, the last movie I'm going to talk about, we're going to go from a really, really great movie yeah. uh, to a really not great movie. Oh, um, that I did also see in theaters this last weekend. Um, it was my um my dad and I weren't available to hang out on actual Father's Day, so we hung out last weekend instead. And for Father's Day, we always go see a movie. Oh,
0: and sh- um, shout out to Mike Spires.
1: Yeah, shout out to Mike Spires. <laughs> um, we went to go see a movie that. None of us were particularly too excited to see. But my dad is a huge Batman fan. He loves Batman more than anybody else I've ever met. He loves the comics. He loves the movies. He loves the character. It's his thing. Um, So unfortunately, we spent our weekend and we saw The Flash.
3: um,
1: Which was ultimately fine. And the only reason why this movie was fine was because Michael Keaton was in it. Um, The only reason why any of us were okay to go see it in theaters, like a lot of us didn't want to, especially with the shit going on with Ezra Miller and how terrible the DCEU has been lately. We weren't super excited, but... Lately. um, Lately. Lately. Um, (laughs) But I was really, I personally really wanted to see Michael Keaton as Batman on the big screen. That was a big sell for me. Um, And that was a big one for my dad and my stepmom as well. So we went to go see it. Um, The only worthy parts of it are when Michael Keaton's Batman shows up, when the theme pops up, when you go to his bat cave, like like, his introduction in the movie is absolutely fantastic. Um, Seeing him on the big screen was so cool. And for me, it was worth the $0 all three of us paid to go see this movie because my dad had a shit ton of points Um, so we went to go see, we all saw it for free but it was worth going to the theater to see it um, for that in particular Um, everything else was pretty meh, Um, I know a lot of the reviews have talked about the CGI Um, and what's I went into this movie knowing that one, I think that the CGI was was bad but also that the director of the movie literally came out and said the CGI was kind of supposed to be bad what CGI was bad and it took me out of the movie. He said it was supposed to be like, like f- based on like Barry's perception. It was supposed to be like, we. I don't know. I don't, I think he just pulled that out of his ass to be totally honest. I felt like I was watching a video game for 75% of this movie, which really took me out of the story. I can't tell you how much I gave zero shits about the actual storyline of the movie. Um, all I cared about was like some of the action scenes were pretty good. Some of them were absolutely terrible. Um, There was... I'm really sick of fanfare for the sake of fanfare and where it doesn't do anything to the plot. And this movie had a fair chunk of that. There's one scene in particular near the end that was not only stupid fanfare, but was, like, almost offensive in a way. Um, Just with the bringing back of people who we should maybe, you know, leave alone. Yeah. so for all that, like, I did not care about the story. I thought it was fine. It was based off of a really cool um, comic line, Flashpoint. But they only used, like, a tiny, tiny fraction of it. And they just shat everything else away. And I'm like, this is stupid. Because I love Flashpoint. I think that's such a cool storyline. Uh, and they totally you've, fucked it you've up. Read
2: the, you've read the comic? I have
1: read the comic. I used to be obsessed with the... I think we've talked about this. Um, The... Uh, CW shows that they did. Yeah. So like The Flash and Arrow and Supergirl and The Legends of Tomorrow, like I watched all of those. I loved those shows. I bet you own every single one of them. The Absolutely. It did not I shock do. me at all. <laughs> um and I know that they were going to they were doing that storyline in The Flash at one point. So I wanted to read the I wanted to read the comic before that big event happened because it was supposed to be this like huge like crossover event and everything. So I have read it. Um and that was I think like that's what they were they wanted to do that for this movie, but it they they really didn't. They used, like, the basic premise, and then they're just like, and we're going to have fun with it now. And it wasn't great. But because Michael Keaton was still in it, and because his scenes were super fun, I still gave it a three. That's all I got. Okay.
0: Overall good Um, guy, Ezra Miller. I've been been just waiting to say that. Overall good guy, Ezra Miller.
1: That was probably our hardest part was, like, do we go see this movie because of this person who has done terrible things? Like, where do where are we going to draw the line? And we ultimately went, but the main reason why we went was because we were not paying money to go see it. Like,
0: Listen, I, I'm currently of the opinion, I think, that art is art, and there are a lot of people who work on these films, supposedly, who are not terrible people, hopefully. Um, hopefully. And if you're going to punish all of them, like, if you're... If you're pu- trying to punish Ezra Miller by not going are you actually punishing, you know, the the gaffer and the the best boy and you everybody are. who worked on the movie. Um, I think the real reason to not see this movie is because the DCEU sucks. It's um, terrible. But I think not watching it because, I mean, to be honest with you, I just didn't like Ezra Miller in the first place. If I'm being, if I'm being completely honest. I actually,
1: honest. like, Perks of Being a Wallflower, much like Wes, was a movie I loved when it came out. I read the book when I was like 14 years old, like it was a really important part of my my teenage life. Um, And I adore that movie and I thought Ezra Miller was really good in that movie. Um, But I also don't think they've really done anything amazing since. Um, And they were fine in this movie too. Like it, nothing incredible. Um, You know, there's two versions of The Flash in this, one of them's annoying as absolute fuck. And you just want to like punch them in the face every time they're on screen. Like it was really annoying. Um, but yeah, like it, I was excited to see it for Michael Keaton and I'm glad that we did go see it. Um, I'm pretty hitter. And it really depends on the context for me with the whole, like, will I go see a movie that someone terrible has been a part of? Um, yeah. Really I'm not going to, I'm not going
0: to line up to see the next Bill Cosby movie, but no, yeah.
1: Like That's a joke, by the way. You look confused. Yeah. He's not
0: in the movie, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that I know of.
1: No, That's a joke. Um, but like I initially was just going to wait for it to come out on a streamer. Like I was totally okay with that. But it was Father's Day. Batman was in it, and there is the the last scene of the movie is actually something I really loved, and I don't think everybody did, but I did. It does something kind of fun, but otherwise. It was fine. It
0: happened. Uh, I, I just looked at the cast list on IMDb, and I got to at least give a shout out to other than Michael Keaton, two people that I really like in this movie. Actually, cool. um, like I, for the record, I haven't seen this movie. I'm just saying I like these actors. Can I,
2: can I guess one? Yes, Michael Shannon.
0: Correct. Can I guess the who other didn't
2: one? want to be in the movie? By the way,
0: <laughs> I can't imagine he would have been, wanted to be. I would have been concerned if he did want to be in the movie.
2: There's only one other person, I think, but I I can't think of what
0: is it. Ron Livingston, yeah, man, I've been. Is it, I've, is it from
2: Office
1: Space? Yeah, okay,
0: Office Space, and then uh, well, we just watched Swingers, right? And he yeah. was awesome. He was awesome in that too. He's got. He's oh, becoming because
1: yeah. they recast. They recast Barry's dad for some reason. It was um, Billy yeah. Crudup. And now it's Ron Livingston.
0: So they, that was a weird, that so was a weird response call. to the Ezra Miller uh, air quotes allegations. <laughs> like, oh to shit, death. we gotta get a new dad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh shit. Yeah, Ron Livingston quickly turning into one of these guys for me. He was like when he pops up and stuff. Like the movie's instantly better.
1: Yeah.
0: Jordan, do you remember when Wes said that this was going to be good?
1: No.
2: You don't remember that chat in the group? No. I don't think I saw that either.
1: Did I, didn't I? did I also say I was worried it was going to be good?
2: Let me rephrase. Sorry. I threw Wes under the bus a little bit there. First time ever. When Wes said that this looks good, and I said, what part of the trailer makes you think that oh, this I is think good? Oh, I think I do
1: vaguely remember this chat.
2: Because uh, I, like, I watched the same trailer as him, and I watched it, and I was like, this looks like absolute dog shit. And I'm happy to hear that it is. (laughs) Now, your three is based solely on the presence of Michael Keaton in the film. It
1: is 100% based on Michael Keaton's presence in the film. There's no other other, reason to watch this movie.
2: Otherwise, it's a solid two. Am I right? If that. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Good. Two. (laughs) No. I had no desire to see this. The only way, and I might have said this in the chat, the only way I was going to go see this in the theater is if the reviews and the letterbox score were through the roof. That's the mm-hmm. only way. That's fair. And I knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I should have made a bet with Wes because I'm on a winning, I'm about to start a winning streak right here. Yeah. Why did people I like with Duncan. with you about movies? <laughs> it well, also make terrible bets. Like Duncan yeah. made
1: an objectively bad bet with you. Like that was, that was rough. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was like, I-, I will happily take those odds. No no
1: Transformers
2: film has film has finished with above a three letterbox score, and you think this is gonna be a three point five. Not
1: even the first one?
2: I think the first one might be a three or a three point one,
1: if that. That hurts. I think the first one's solid.
0: Are we I, counting Bumblebee?
1: It's a three point zero.
0: Three point zero. Oh I think I think I
2: think Bumblebee is actually a little higher. Thank you. Yes, I was including <laughs> that one. I actually I actually really enjoyed Bumblebee when I saw yeah, it. I, I heard Bumblebee's, I heard Bumblebee's great. I heard it yes. was it's really a three point two. There you go. So the undisputed champion of Transformer films is three point two. Three point two. And that's and, with I and I, I'll I'll be honest, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about Bumblebee and it's a three point two. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew there was no way fucking Beasts was making a three point five. Three point five <laughs> is a very high score.
1: It is. Yeah. Anytime a movie's above a three point five and I'm iffy on watching it, that'll usually get me to at least add it to my watch list. I-
2: one hundred percent agree.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, so happy to see the flash at a two point nine. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. will. I will watch this when it hits. Yeah. So this will. This will be on Crave. Probably yeah. Crave. Yeah, it will.
1: <laughs> yeah. The only reason I saw it in theaters again was for Father's Day to go yep. see it with my dad. I had no interest in seeing it in theaters otherwise. Um. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been watching.
2: Wicked. Uh. All right. Let's get into what I've been watching. I, uh, I trimmed mine down from five to three, and I'm just going to go over these very quick. Uh, because I'm going to go over the first two pretty quick because the last one I want to spend a little bit of time on. The first one, I watched, I rewatched a movie I hadn't seen, honestly, probably almost since it came out in 1987. Uh, this movie's called Inner Space. Uh, a test pilot is miniaturized in a secret experiment and accidentally injected into a hapless store clerk. This stars Dennis Quaid, Martin Short, and uh, Meg Ryan. This movie I remember being a lot of fun. And the little miniaturized vehicle that Dennis Quaid uh, is in that gets injected into Martin Short uh, allows him to help but not fully control Martin Short's body. And they have some fun with it what i liked is a lot of the special effects uh especially with the little ship being inside him looked really great because it's done practically in regards that they have a small ship and to play his blood vessels and fat cells it's all jello so it looks great because it's not cgi Uh, there are some special effects that don't really hold up that well but it had some moments um but it just martin short goes shockingly over the top a few times and it just didn't quite connect mm-hmm. i was really hoping that this was going to be as fun as i remembered and it sadly wasn't i gave it a two it actually
1: has some pretty solid reviews yeah, kind of makes me want to watch it. I also adore Morton Short. I just watched... Have you, either of you watched only Murders in the Building? No,
0: heard no. it's great. Emma watched oh, I, that. I didn't watch it with her.
1: I watched the first season. I had a great time with it. It was a lot of fun.
2: That's what I heard. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely add this to your watch list, Jordan. Uh, you've... I also
1: love shitty, cheesy sci-fi movies. So oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Add this, this to your watch list. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, the next movie I want to talk about is uh, the Manny Movie Club pick. For this round, mm. uh, picked by the no longer uh, Queen of Bad Taste. Uh, this was picked oh, by Rachel. Uh, it is 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, Sam, have you seen this?
0: I have, yeah. Yeah. I watched it when it was fresh. I haven't seen it in a while. Remember really liking it and really remember liking uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and John Goodman. Yeah. Both of them phenomenal mm-hmm. in this movie.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, shit. Ooh, pardon me. I was Hopefully, that thing not get picked up.
1: Uh, A young woman
2: is held in an underground bunker by a man who insists that a hostile event has left the surface of the earth uninhabitable. This is very similar to uh, your uh, appreciation of mass. This is uh, three people in one setting for the majority of the film. The tension is built uh, very well. This is uh, directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who has only done two movies. This is... And uh, one of my favorite films, I think it was my number four, my number five film of last year, Prey. He mm-hmm. is a incredibly gifted director who, for some reason, decides to make one movie every eight or nine years. And that makes me sad. Please do more, because when you do, you make really good, enjoyable films. And genre films. Like, this is a what, sci-fi thriller, and Prey was a... Action horror? No. Action monster movie? Something like that. We'll go with that. Definitely action. Um, I had a great I I'd, I'd seen 10 Cloverfield Lane before. I, I had a great time when I watched it the first time, and I had a great time watching it this time. Uh, like Sam said, uh, John Goodman and Mary Elizabeth Weinstead are fantastic. When I watched this movie this time and. We see uh John Gallagher Jr., who plays what's the character's name? Emmett. Uh it took me a moment to realize who he is, but he's from the newsroom. And I got to I was so about buggy. to say I recognized him
1: instantly. I was like, oh my god, I love this guy. <laughs> yeah. He was also in uh, um my one of my last MMC picks, um with Bree Larson. He was oh, that's the right. boyfriend in that one. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Uh this movie.
2: Knows how to up the tension. It does it really great. It keeps keeps you guessing on whether or not John Goodman is telling the truth or not. And I really enjoyed the aspect of the film in the bunker. I didn't really like when she leaves until the end. The very end, fucking rules. Absolutely rules. I had a great time with 10 Cloverfield Lane. I gave it a four out of five. Um, easily uh, recommend for people to check out.
1: Yeah, I also just watched this this week as well um, for the many Movie Club. Um, it was my first watch. I was stressed out the entire <laughs> time. I I love it, but I hate movies that just like I couldn't settle. I was so fucking stressed out. Yeah, um, I was also so angry. You cannot make me question... If John Goodman is a bad person, John Goodman is a good person. Don't make him a fucking creep. He's literally oh, was... a good man. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Come on. It's about the reaction I, I was hoping for.
1: Uh, good. <laughs> like, to me, John Goodman is and always will be Sully from Monsters, Inc. That was my first interaction with him. And when I hear his voice, that's what I'm taking back to. Don't you dare make me think he's a bad person. But yeah, I thought this movie was so good. Um... It makes me want to watch at least the first one as well. I haven't seen the first Cloverfield. I know that you don't have to. Like, well, you haven't. It. It's pretty you good. Know. I was gonna watch it before this, but it's not streaming on anything, so yeah. I just didn't have the energy to go find it.
0: It's a short. Walk. I'm pretty sure it's like 80 minutes, isn't it?
1: Oh, is it?
0: I think it's a. It's at the very. It's got to be shorter than an hour and a half. I think. It, I think last I checked, it was 80 on the dot, but I could be wrong about that. I think Jordan's researching researching that. I'm trying. I actually don't
1: know where to see it on the desktop app.
0: <laughs> I mean here. I can probably it's 85, oh, minutes.
1: 85 minutes. Yeah, there it is.
0: <laughs> nice Manny event. by a nose.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not streaming anywhere. No,
1: it's not. Yeah.
0: I own it. I've been. it's been in my watch pile for a while.
1: I thought maybe, I owned
0: it. Maybe this will be my excuse.
3: Do
2: I own it?
0: I now gotta check. Hmm. You have to own it. You own, like... Every movie that exists. Every movie under the sun. <laughs> yeah, I own it. That was a good one. Yeah. You liked Cloverfield, the first one? Yeah. Because it is. I mean, it's it's interesting. It was in the heyday of the found footage horror genre. Uh-huh. Um, but it... Yeah, I just remember really liking it.
1: I remember when it came out thinking that it was a movie my dad would really like and therefore a movie that I probably didn't need to watch anytime soon
0: mm. Mm. under the
1: vein of like the day after tomorrow and movies like that, that my dad absolutely loves. I'm like, yeah, I think I can pass on this, but now I kind of want to watch it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Holy it's better than, shit. it's better than Roland Emmerich movies. <laughs> it's better than all not, those.
2: I yeah. did not know that. The lead actor of Cloverfield is Matt Reeves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, I just saw that.
2: He's the director of the Batman with Robert Pattinson and the Hmm. two incredible, and two of the three incredible Planet of the Apes films. Yeah. He's fucking unreal. Good for him. Wicked. Anyways, (laughs) on to the last film. I did this, spoiler alert, for the end of this show. I did a double feature of this movie I'm about to talk to talk about and the one we're about to review.
0: Manny, I'm I'm gonna cut you off real quick here. I I don't really notice it when we're in the studio together, but when we're when we're talking like this, when you're off to the side of the mic, like this, it gets really it gets really quiet. You hear that? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I I just gotta let you know Yeah. I'm
2: just gonna let you know that. Perfect. I will I need to watch something I want to watch something heavy and something Uh, deep but I didn't have a lot of time so I had to find something that I knew was going to be what I was looking for but wasn't I can easily find a heavy deep movie that's three hours long that's easy but I needed something short so I picked the uh, 2001 film Conspiracy. At the Wannsee conference on January 20th, 1942, senior Nazi mm. officials meet to determine the manner in which the so-called final solution to the Jewish question can be best implemented. This movie was absolutely fucking fantastic. We have Stanley Tucci, Kenneth Branagh, and Colin Firth, as well as a couple other actors you'll probably recognize. Um, one in particular... Uh, plays a, a I may I'm not major character I don't even know uh, he's in Game of Thrones
0: Manny uh quick question uh yeah how how much of the tooch do you like to have in your movies generally speaking
2: I, I usually like a touch of the tooch just a touch I, I usually like a touch of the tooch yeah you can't uh, have too much of the tooch just the never. just a touch of the tooch never uh, but there's a lot of the tooch in this movie and mm-hmm. that is perfectly okay by me um. So, this isn't a spoiler for the film, but this is what I found uh, very interesting. I'm pretty sure they say it. There's a little bit of narration at the beginning uh, of the movie, and there was supposed to be no record of this meeting ever existing, and one person in this meeting forgot to destroy the document, and that's how we know about this meeting, and... During the movie itself, uh, they show you that they don't want record of this meeting. And what you get to watch is very similar to Mass, Jordan. It is 12 guys sitting in a room talking. This movie is one hour and 36 minutes long. If I remember correctly, the actual meeting that this took place was just over two hours. So in the span of just over two hours, 12 men got together and put together a plan that cost the lives of over 6 million people. And the way that these gentlemen talk about it is haunting. The way that they come to their conclusions is devastating. Knowing what comes after this meeting is harrowing. The actors, all the actors... I shouldn't say all the majority of the actors in this film do a good job of making these people human instead of the monsters that we know that they are. There are a few in here um, that are as evil as you know them to be. Not that you're
3: sympathetic
2: towards them, but they don't play them as caricatures as mustache twirling, evil men bent out to destroy a race because that's what they are. But they don't play them that way, and that's what makes this movie so good. Not that you again, not that you empathize or sympathize with them. In all honesty, maybe there's one character you might, might, but not really. The movie is absolutely great. Um, watching it isn't as hard as when the movie is ending when the meeting comes to a close and, you know, it's actually right near the end when, uh, when they put to, when they, when they finalize their plan. And, uh, yeah, this is a really great film that shows you yet again, uh, what human beings are capable of on the bad end of the spectrum. Yeah. I would definitely say if you're looking for some really good performances, Brana and Tucci are really great. And Colin Firth has a absolutely mind blowing monologue around the middle of the movie. Um, yeah. This movie was really, really good. Uh, and I gave it a four out of five.
0: I'm always interested to hear with these movies what they decide to do about the accents. Do they do they go German or do they go oh. English?
2: They go whatever accent that actor has. Okay. So, Brana and Colin Firth and a couple other guys are talking with an English accent. Stanley Tucci is talking with an American accent. They don't bother to try to make them. There are a couple guys that perhaps they are a, a couple actors I didn't recognize. They kind of speak with a little bit of that German accent. But mm-hmm. they don't bother. It's uh, it's just let these actors act. And the movie's better for it.
1: I just saw a letterbox review for it that said 12 angry men, but make it anti-Semitic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when um, you when you
0: said 12 guys in a room talking. Yeah, I, was, I immediately I, 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 went 12 angry like, oh, men. Oh,
3: 12 angry yeah. men, yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: I remember when you posted the poster for this in the mm. movie chat. Um, I was instantly like, I can't believe I've never heard of this, and I immediately looked it up and immediately added it to my watch list. Um, but I don't see myself watching it probably anytime soon uh, because of what the the content is, and I'm very I don't love watching movies based around World War II and Holocaust events because yep. they absolutely destroy me every single time. Um, I really have to work myself up to watch them. Um, but even just looking at the cast list, it does make me really want to watch this. Um, I just know I'll have to be in a very particular place to be able to do so.
2: I can tell you this, uh, doing it as a double feature with the movie that we're reviewing made the movie we're reviewing a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely laughed a lot harder than oh, I would have man. normally. As I needed You watched it year. after? I watched Conspiracy First. Yeah. And then Kindergarten cop after. It's probably the way to go. Yeah, I would definitely recommend because whatever you watch after, make sure it's something to lighten your mood. Yeah. And it makes that movie even more enjoyable.
1: That's fair.
2: Yeah, that's my recommendation. All right. So that's what we've been watching. It is time for us to review the movie we came here to review, and that is Kindergarten. Released December twenty first, nineteen ninety, directed by Ivan Reitman, written by Murray Salem, Herschel Weingrad, and Timothy Harris, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Penelope Ann Miller, and Pamela Reed, has a Metascore of sixty one. Oh, it's going to take a dent out of Jordan's score and a Letterbox score of three point one. That one's going to hurt too. Uh, had no Oscar nominations. Uh, really? It, yep. It had a budget of fifteen million dollars. Engrossed 91 in the U.S., making it the 10th highest grossing film of the year, and grossed 201 worldwide. The plot? A tough cop must pose as a kindergarten teacher in order to locate dangerous criminals, ex-wife, who may hold the key to putting him behind bars. Now, prior to us getting into this movie, we have to hear what Sam thought this movie
0: was about. What's going on next week? Next week, uh, we are going to be talking about, in episode 258, Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. With, uh, with special guest Jordan Spires. Yeah. Making her approximately one billionth appearance on the podcast. <laughs> uh, Sam, you haven't seen. I anymore. have. This is not one I claim to have seen even a single piece of. I'm. I have not seen this. Okay. So, you have the title. Tell me what the plot
2: of Kindergarten Cop.
0: Okay, so I'm vaguely aware of this film's existence. Okay, if I was to guess, yeah, I'm gonna say it's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm pretty confident in that fact. Okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, from context, I'm just gonna go on the limb and say um, he's undercover as a kindergarten teacher trying to solve dot 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 a murder <laughs> okay. question mark. All right. Yeah, undercover as a kindergarten teacher trying to solve a murder.
2: Okay. Have you seen this, Mushy? I have seen this. Okay,
0: sweet, perfect.
2: Um, there we go. Sam's
0: what do we think? Good
2: or- you pr- pretty, pretty, pretty goddamn close. Cool.
0: <laughs> pretty fucking good. I mean, not uh, not necessarily solving a murder, but uh, trying to track down a murderer or trying to, uh, I, yeah. I mean, it's a murderer adjacent. So, well, yep. that, that's fine. I'm. I think I'm you, na- myself, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah, giving myself the marks for it. All right,
2: Sam. Spoiler-free thoughts on
0: Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of exactly what I expected it to be—not just in terms of the plot, but uh, one one of the things I neglected to mention in that clip was I do I do I did very much have an impression of the tone of this film as well. I with a film name like Kindergarten Cop, you really expect it to be kind of a cliche '90s comedy. Big tough guy, uh, big tough guy being softened up by. Uh, having to find a role as a kindergarten teacher, being humbled a little bit, being out of his element and not being able to use his tough guy skill set That was all kind of, I think, implicit in the title of the film and the fact that it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in a family comedy um, sort of situation. Or I guess it's not really a family comedy. There is a lot of swearing in this film, isn't there?
1: And like murder.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Maybe family (laughs) comedy isn't... It's a family
2: comedy in the 90s, I can tell you that.
0: Yeah, sure. Okay, family comedy. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was all right, I guess. It was it was a pretty good version of what it was supposed to be. Um, it's difficult for me to interface with these sort of movies on an unironic level. Uh, I feel like I've seen these sorts of films parodied and made fun of and mocked so many times that I can't help I can't help but uh, not really fully get on board with the cheese factor. Unfortunately, it takes a certain level of um, detachment and a certain level of uh, maybe drunkenness to really get full enjoyment out of, out of these sorts of movies. Uh, it, was, it was pretty good. Uh, I mentioned to Manny before we came on that there was a couple of quotes that I actually was familiar with before we went on. Um, yeah, it's a solid version of what it was. A little predictable. I'm, I've never really been the biggest fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting outside of where he's cast as a robot. <laughs> because he is perfect for that. There's a couple of really good comedic line deliveries. Uh, there's a couple a couple of really good ones that we'll get to. But overall, his, his acting in the film is you know, basically what I expected it to be as well. Um, the villains in the film, not good. Not good actors. Maybe barring one scene, not good characters. Not good actors. Did not care for them. Um, and most of the other people in the movie. I, I don't think I was impressed by anybody... It's j ju- it's just a movie that was designed to be for families for a good laugh, getting to see ha ha ha, big strong guy can't handle kindergartners. Yeah. And that's that's the whole shtick. That was the whole pitch, I'm sure. Um so yeah, it was it was all right. I, I had a little bit of trouble detaching myself from my eye rolling uh from my, from my eye rolling of the movie, but it was it was exactly what I expected. So whatever.
2: All right. Jordan.
1: Fair enough. Um, I have a bit of a history with this movie in that it was on TV all the time when I was a kid. And whenever it was on TV, my dad would always turn to it. So I, I've seen certain parts of this movie dozens of times. Um, I don't know if I ever sat through it beginning to end. Um, But I've definitely seen a good chunk of this movie many times, but probably not in close to 20 years. Um, So I was actually a little nervous to watch this movie because I have a lot of nostalgia and like happy memories associated with it. Um, So watching it as a almost 27 year old in 2023, I was a little nervous that it wasn't going to be as good as I kind of remember it being. Uh, But to be honest, I actually have a lot of fun watching this movie still. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the nostalgia that I feel with it and the the memories I have with it. Um, And also knowing that, you know, you go into these movies knowing that one, Arnie's not a good actor. um, And that this movie isn't known for any prestige. It's, you know, it's got a reputation for a reason. Um, You know, it's not very logical at times. Um, Some of the lines are absolutely terrible, but They're also absolutely hilarious because of the delivery. Um, And I actually also really love a lot of the kids in this movie. I think when you have a cast with this many kids, it can be really hard to get like anything out of them. Uh, And I think what they did was they just kind of let all the kids be kids together and you got some really genuinely hilarious moments out of some of them that I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit later. Um, But yeah, I was actually... Like when I turned this movie off, I was like, you know what? I still enjoyed it. It's not a good movie objectively. I'm not going to sit here and try and pretend that it is, Uh, but it is one that I had a very fun time watching. And, you know, if it's ever a thing of, you know, if someone wanted to watch it with me, I'd probably, I'd probably put it on again.
2: I saw this in theaters when it came out. So old. (laughs) Yep. I was a massive Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. This was his second comedy that he had done. Two years prior, he had done a movie called Twins, and what that movie I rewatched recently was enjoyable. And I remember seeing, I remember seeing Twins in the theaters, and when this came out, I saw it and I had a great time back in. You're,
0: 1990. How, you're how old in nineteen ninety?
2: Uh, when this movie came out, I would have been fourteen.
0: Hmm.
2: and uh, I can't stress enough that uh, how big of a star Arnold was at this time and the points you made Sam about having seen this movie parodied and also basically replicated numerous times after this is a completely g- legitimate reason as to why this isn't quite as enjoyable. Plus, you know it's thirty three years old.
0: But this I think movie, this this movie is the reason that Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson have movies that aren't just action. Like they're yes. the reason that yes, that oh, flavor of comedy came to be. Thank you. That that is exactly where I was going.
2: Vin Diesel uh, in the Pacifier, and The Rock in both the Tooth Fairy and the football one he did,
3: game
1: are, I hate that
2: I knew that. Okay, huh. <laughs> that was awesome. so fast. That's awesome. That the though they are legitimately following in the footsteps of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that's not that this is a groundbreaking movie for that, but this is this was the number ten movie of the year. Like this was huge, and him being are the biggest movie star, arguably or inarguably, whatever you want to do. At that time, Arnold Schwarzenegger, being in a movie like this, was the reason to go see it. Now, when it's done, it's been done so many times, like all these big iconic sorry, iconic action stars, going into a comedy is no longer a novel idea. They are just following in the footsteps of the man who led the way. So I completely understand why seeing this now wouldn't be as enjoyable. But at the time... Absolutely fucking awesome to see Arnold Schwarzenegger, the big macho burly man from Predator and The Running Man and those movies in this. And I had a great time back in 1990. I didn't revisit this movie as much because, as a Schwarzenegger fan, I liked him for his action films. So this was a fun watch, but if I'm going to put on a Schwarzenegger movie, I'm going to put on Predator. I'm going to put on Terminator. So I'd revisit this every once in a while, and then I completely dismissed this movie and didn't watch it for years. And I was looking forward to this rewatch. And like I said earlier, after watching Conspiracy before this, this that made this movie even more enjoyable. I found myself laughing out loud a few times at things, honestly, I normally wouldn't. But I needed something light and breezy after suffering through... Uh, not suffering through, after having my soul ripped out of my body from conspiracy. Um, so I actually had a, a, re- a really good time, a, probably a much better time than I was anticipating. Not, I wasn't going into this movie expecting to not like it. I just thought it was going to be dated. A lot of it is, and a lot of it is. We've seen numerous, honestly, countless times since. But this was one of the first of this kind of movie, and for that, I have to... I got to tip my cap and I had a decently good time. I fully agree, Sam, the villains, the two of them, if you want to call them both are pathetically bad. Thankfully they're not in it that much and they're not really all that important. They, they are the reason that they're doing this, but they're not important
0: to the movie. Um, there is a, there is a real screenwriter, a real person (laughs) who put pen to paper and wrote the name Cullen Crisp <laughs> and said that's the name of the villain from the movie. That, and then there's two more screenwriters who read that and went, that's the name of the villain in this movie. That's a real thing that happened. That's it. That's the whole rant. I'm sorry. I, just <laughs> I think that name is ridiculous.
2: That, that's that's a, a fair, fair criticism. It is a um,
1: terrible name. <laughs> But it fits him. Yeah, Or does it ever? <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh gosh,
2: I know it's 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 not like the greatest name in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing like
0: Stacker Pentecost or. Yeah, uh... you, ha- you had to read that. You had to look yeah. that up. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or. Raleigh so you agree, so you agree those these <coughs> films are in the same league, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those uh, who don't instantly recognize the name Stacker Pentecost, uh, Pacific Rim, yeah, Idris Elba's oh character.
1: Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, I
2: was just pu- I was just pu- I I just pull up a name. I, that actually is a, a nice name. Uh, yep. but yeah, you're you're right. The the name uh, Colin Crisp is a horrible name <laughs> for a villain. Colin Crisp is a good like nerd guy behind the chair, guy in the chair. Yeah. Guy in the chair. (laughs) Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's get into spoilers. Let's, uh, start discussing this movie. Jordan, would you like to take us in?
1: Yeah, for sure. All right. We are about to spoil this 33 year old movie in three, two, one, go fuck yourselves.
2: All right, Sammy boy, start us off. Where do you want to start?
0: Uh, I don't know. uh, We'll, we'll start here. I want to talk about his first day in class. Uh, Okay. When, that's that's the first scene of note that I have. Um, okay. I, I super enjoy this scene. A Very enjoyable scene. One of the best ones in the Lock, movie. Yeah. Um, the, one of the only moments where I was like, ooh, it's some nice filmmaking right there. Nice little filmmaking touch. Great little shot of uh, when we see Arnie's POV, it's a crane shot like up above the children's heads. Uh, it's a really intimidating shot. And all the kids, I don't know how they do this or how they get this kind of performance from these young kids, but they all look like kind of freaked out they all kind of big bug-eyed um so i like that and that's where we get so manny i've teased this a couple times to you now my dad told me that one of his favorite maybe it's not one of his favorites but he quoted this to me as a kid that boys have a penis and girls have a vagina thanks for the tip (laughs) (laughs) is a great exchange and the kind of thing that um when you see that delivered from that kid you get the impression that he's not reading off a of, off of script. You get the impression that they just kind of pointed the camera at these kids. Uh, let them, let them say the lines. He does say it again later. Uh, but yeah, that line is like the first big, but I knew it was coming and I still like big belly laugh. Like that kid is so cute and so innocent. Like that is, like that is the thing he needs to communicate to the stranger. <laughs> That's the th- most important thing to him in this moment. Uh, and or, yeah, Arnold's reaction. Thanks for the tip. (laughs) is uh, is good. So yeah, I liked the the filmmaking and the scene and uh, the the dialogue and uh, just uh, instantly instantly got me to laugh.
1: Yeah, most of my favorite parts of this movie are all interactions between Arnold Schwarzenegger and a five year old. That Um, is really
0: the charm of the movie for for me. Absolutely, is like I like we talked about before. I've seen me in two thousand twenty three. I've seen the tough guy getting softened up by the presence of kids thing before. Um, so the novelty of it isn't there, but the quality of it still is a lot of the time. It's still very high quality.
1: Sometimes. It is. I remember when I watched it this time around, the scene before like right at, like when he's looking into the classroom and these kids are all just like running a fucking muck. My first thought was, "This is a great birth control scene." Uh, it's like gross. No thank yeah. you. Yeah,
0: team, no kids over here. Yeah. Right, Manny? Oh wait, All right, sorry. <laughs> That's, right. That's right.
2: Yeah, I, I had this on my list as well. I think it's a great introduction of the of the dynamic of what is going to make this movie work, and that is Arnold and these kids. And I think it works perfectly. I think it's a it's one of the best scenes in the movie. Uh, how they all stare up at him when he comes in. And when he starts to interrogate him, I, I, I'm already giggling. Uh, I, I had a really great time with this scene. Um, Jordan, where would you like to go?
1: Um, pretty seamlessly into day two in the classroom. The, um, who's your daddy and what does he do? Scene. Yep. Has me in stitches. Every single day time because these kids say some of the fucking funniest lines that come out of kids one of my favorite ones there's obviously like the, there's a classic Arnie one in here but one of my uh, favorite ones oh hang on I have to scroll because I didn't put the whole thing in it's um, <laughs> my dad doesn't live with us anymore he lives in New York and drives a taxi my mom hopes he's gonna die real soon <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just love every time one of these kids opens their mouth and just says absolutely anything. It's so fucking funny.
2: Uh, yeah, this movie, uh, or sorry, this scene, uh, this is one of my favorite scenes. This has the infamous, or infamous famous line uh, it's not a tumor. <laughs> I, I won't try to do it in Arnold's accent because I don't do a good job. Uh, the answers this comes on later on but i might as well reveal it here um these were not scripted and were in fact the kids answers to what their real life fathers did Mm -hmm. so that's one of the reasons that this scene works even better is the kids uh aren't even really acting
0: um
1: the, I kid don't who, love, the, like...
0: the kid whose dad is a gynecologist the same kid who says <laughs> the thing about penises and vaginas that kid is fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah. that, that kid is my favorite of the bunch for sure
1: uh, I also love the kid I can't remember what she says here she says a lot of like long stuff but it's the one in the first scene where she has to go to the bathroom and can't take off her her overalls Yeah, I yep. love her too she's so funny um, but even just right before this scene I have a note that um Everybody's talking about um, this male kindergarten teacher. And in my head, they're all talking about how he must be gay. And I'm just like, oh, the 90s, where a male kindergarten teacher can only be a gay man. Mm-hmm. Oh, Not yes. That for us. Until they see him. And then they get all fucking giddy and everything. I thought that was really funny.
2: Um, give me one second, guys.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Was... I? I... I did find that a little bit shocking. I do find like I know inherently on some level that Arnold I guess was a sex symbol. I guess he must have been. I mean, big muscles and everything. <laughs> he, but like massive, I never really massive. I never really I never really think about him in those terms. So like watching all the women in this movie like drool over him, I was like, "Oh yeah, like I guess that's I guess that makes sense for this era." If it is also sense. funny
1: because I've never I've also never pictured him as that either, but when they were talking about it and I was thinking about it I was like, yeah yeah that I could see it that makes sense
2: okay um all right so my scene I'm actually gonna rewind a little bit I'm going to uh, go to actually the plane ride with him and O'Hara on their way to Astoria um for me, the only reason I picked this is it's an expo dump about the mom and kid. And we learn that Kimball has no patience with kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, he literally threatens a kid's life.
1: <laughs> the, the pencil.
2: Yep. Uh, this is where O'Hara gets sick. But the reason I point this out, Blink, not quite Blink in Your Misser, but Oscar nominee, Angela Bassett is the stewardess
0: really yeah i did not catch that even a little bit i did i did see in the cast list uh yesterday when i started preparing my notes uh but yeah that was that was pretty shocking for me i did not notice her even a little bit oh
1: shit that's hilarious (laughs) oh my god i
0: i am glad you brought the scene up not because of that although that is interesting i just wanted to bring this up because this might be the first instance in a movie I've seen where a woman becomes suddenly nauseous and throws up where the character is not pregnant. Yeah. Like, like, the second she was like, oh, I think I'm going to throw up, I was like, pregnant. Was like, definitely pregnant. It's just like, number one movie trope. I was happy to be wrong because, mm-hmm. frankly, I was already sick of it before I was born in 1990, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I, I was I was happy that they didn't go that direction.
2: Perfect. Uh, Sam, what's your next... Choice in scene.
0: Uh, yeah. Sorry, I got to scroll back to my scenes of choice here. Um, I don't have another one until the uh, until the Gettysburg Address. Actually,
2: that's all right. We we yeah. can jump around. Let's yeah. just let's just go ahead. Go ahead.
0: But no, this uh, this was such a heartwarming moment. Uh, getting the Gettysburg Address. First of all, um, as three Canadians, I don't know if you guys knew this. I didn't. I didn't know how short the address was. Like I looked it up. This is actually like the length of it, basically. Um, this is like such a famous speech. I just assumed there was more to it, but there's not really. Um, so that was, that was one thing, but another is just like, all these kids are so cute getting up there in their little Abe Lincoln beards. Uh, the kids genuinely seem like they're having such a fun time. I maybe we'll have some insight into this in trivia at the end, Manny, but I just really get the impression that they really look up to Arnold Schwarzenegger and there's like a real genuine bond being crafted there. So it was really heartwarming in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this whole—I I think they call this event a fair. Um, this whole fair sequence um, was was fun. Of course, it'll—the uh, the fun will end uh, when uh, a, a little later on in the scene. But um, specifically, the moment of the Gettysburg Address just feels like such a moment of catharsis for uh, for Detective Kimball. Uh, feels like a moment where he, he realizes and everybody around him realizes that he's actually good at this. He can actually get results out of these kids. And uh, it's a big character growth moment and is very cute at that. Awesome. One thing
1: that does kind of make me laugh in this scene is, like, the principal is like, and I hope, you know, I hope he stays with us for a while. Mm-hmm. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, there's some poor woman who's been working at this school for 25 <laughs> years as a kindergarten teacher who's been kicked out after, like, three days of this undercover cop taking over her position for the rest of his Like, it mm-hmm. kind of sucks to be her.
0: <laughs> Maybe she joined the force. Maybe she joined the police force and discovered she like <laughs> kicking bad guys' asses.
1: <laughs> that would be cool.
0: That was, no, that I, would, was a, I
1: would I would see a sequel with that.
2: Yeah, there is a sequel to this movie.
1: Oh, I know. It's got or, Dolph Lundgren or yeah. whatever his name is.
2: Dolph, yeah, Dolph Lundgren. Um, yeah. This 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 scene is obviously adorable, and uh, and I agree. The the kids show that, uh, or they show that Kimball has gotten these kids together and and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I know Sam probably doesn't have as much experience with the, the movie I'm about to reference. And I'm unsure about Jordan. I had a hard time with they kept calling him Kimball. Cause I keep thinking of Dr. Richard Kimball from the fugitive.
0: That's why I knew the name. Thank you. I was like, is there another movie with this character's name in it? Yes. Oh, thank you just scratched an itch that has been in my head for like two days. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> I think I saw a letterboxed review that said something about like them being like distant brothers or something like that, and that there mm. needs to be a team up movie.
2: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it, it would. Every time they kept saying Kimball, I'm like, that's not Doctor Richard Kimball. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Jordan, what's your next pick?
1: Um. I was going to talk about uh police school. Oh, um, nice. Cause I think it's again just another really funny entertaining scene with all these kids um i love the i love the predecessor into it with uh phoebe telling him like you can't walk into the scared because they know you're scared and they feed off of it like you can't let these kids know you're terrified of them which he clearly was um which is funny because he's technically a father so you'd think he would have some some idea but um I love that he decides to treat all of these kids as like little police cadets and that it works out for him. Um, and this has one of my, one of my favorite quotes where the little girl, Emma, he's they like do the little whistle blow and, uh, you know you have to put all your toys into the into the carpet and she she's like i'm not a policeman i'm a princess i love yes. that oh, it's so cute and she says it again softly and then he really makes her She's like all right like it's just so fucking cute
2: yeah that chick rules um
1: and then i also love arnie has like a little like speech to them and i love how at the end uh one of I can't remember which kid it was but one of them asked to go to the bathroom and he was there is no bathroom (laughs) it's just so funny and then it kind of continues on with this little montage of him like working them up into this like really um I've forgotten the word my mind's gone blank but just like very well-behaved sort of indoctrinated little children now he's got like his own little little army yep um of humans who all of a sudden listen to everything he says. Um, and it's also funny because he looks really cute. Like, he looks like super proud of them so many times as well. He's like, look at what I'm doing with these little kids. I love it. I think it's a, I think it's a totally adorable scene.
0: Yeah, they do a really good job of juxtaposing his students with the rest of the school too. Yeah. Like, um, this is a different scene, but... Uh, the fire drill, uh the first fire drill that we see where like all the kids are walking out in lines, then his are just like fucking flying out of the building. It's like no no semblance of order or anything. And then of course they look like little child soldiers later on in the movie uh, just marching along. So yeah, they do a good job of like juxtaposing them with with the other kids.
1: That first file fire drill scene also made me laugh because it makes me wonder like you have you have this man come in who's a substitute teacher to a new school. So like, would he not have gotten like training on like, you know, what to do and like, you know, their practices. And like, he, if he you hear a fire drill, you shouldn't be like, Oh, what's that?
2: He wasn't the one that was supposed to be there.
1: I know, but you would yeah. still think that like a school but, would take you like briefly through the motions and like warn you if there's a fire drill. Cause teachers usually know if there's a fire drill ahead of time and everything. So you think that like, they would have given him something, not just like, okay, here you go. Have fun.
0: Yeah. And not, not only the fire drills, but I also noticed that about like lesson plans and stuff. Yeah. Like I, I don't know a lot about being a teacher at a school. I have to imagine there's more to it than just like, here's the kids. Yeah, Good have luck. Fun. Talk about something interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, they're just like, that's literally just what they do. And I know that they know he's a cop, but like the kids still need to learn. I assume. But anyway. Yeah, that's that was another thing I kind of had about the movie. Like, it's a movie, and I don't need to see everything. But like, did the kids learn more than how to march? (laughs) Like, there's other things they're supposed to learn, right? There's like subjects, and you're learning how to read, and like, all he really does is teach the kids how to march and not like, I don't know, act out. So. Uh, one when we get the catharsis of like wow he's turned into such a good teacher i'm sitting here like has he like have we seen that i i'm not totally convinced again not that kind of not that kind of movie but i just everybody seems really convinced that he's a really good teacher because his kids can march and i just i don't buy it i don't buy it
1: he's ultimately just a really good drill sergeant
0: yeah yeah and arguably oh, wow. removing all these kids' creativity and sense of self. Anyway, okay. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my piece on that. Alright. I, I, I won't comment. That gets
2: into <laughs> suspension of disbelief.
0: Yeah. And, exactly. And
2: I've I've made my stance known on where I want to do with when I want to do that with movies now.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there is I would just like to draw a line between that would never happen and like that nothing about this proves that he's a good teacher. I think those are those are distinct thoughts from each other.
2: Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. If, if, if that's how you feel, I I I can't okay. argue it. I All I'm right. just, I, I it's not. I I'm not willing to argue the other side. Fair enough. I it, that just that aspect of the movie doesn't bother me. I I don't I don't care. All right. About about that. I'm I'm just I'm there to watch that movie for what it is. Dipping into the into that. Not not interested for me. Uh, Jordan. No, mine. I just
1: went. Yeah. Uh,
2: I'm gonna go with ah, fuck it. <laughs> when Kimball meets Zack's mom, and the very quiet boy who mm-hmm. we are led to believe might be. Uh, the boy he 's looking for uh, turns out that he 's quiet because he's being abused by his father, and she is the actress in here this is not this is not the scene where he finds the father it 's the where he sees the mother and she is terrified and makes excuses as we 've all learned that a lot of victims of abuse do. And this scene honestly broke my heart. And the shitty thing is, is that I understand why it's in here. But at the same time, something like this didn't need to be in this movie. Hmm. And I liked it. We do get the somewhat nice payoff of him getting back at that uh, abusive father later. But this scene... uh, Dampen my mood a little bit. It I I kind of actually forgot about it uh, until it happened, and I, I just wanted to highlight it that uh, while this movie is very lighthearted and fun, uh, it throws in something a little heavy that I feel didn't really need to be there.
1: It's funny. One of the one of the first thoughts I had when this movie ended was like I went into this remembering it being like this like super fun family comedy movie there are many aspects of this movie that i would not want like kids up until a certain age watching like it's very violent at times uh it does get into some heavy topics and like the ending like that's just terrible like i don't want my kid watching that Mm -hmm. um so i definitely found this scene definitely a little out of place but i also appreciated that it existed because it felt kind of progressive for the 90s for Mm -hmm. that to be a scene that was included um especially the, the second part to the scene or the second scene where um, he gets decked by Arnie, um, which I don't think was enough, but you know, mm-hmm. um, I liked seeing it. Um, I thought it was really interesting that it was included in the actual movie. Cause I, you don't, ex- I don't expect stuff like that to pop up very often in movies from the 90s.
2: This was, <clears throat> this was around the time where this was starting to be talked about a lot more in film and in TV. They really, really dove into this in a lot of TV series, all of them, like sitcoms and dramas and after-school specials. Uh, it was around this time, late, late 80s uh, into the early 90s. Um, domestic abuse was uh, kind of like front and center. So uh, I do appreciate it at the time, uh, but after watching Conspiracy before this, I just wanted nothing but fun. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this uh didn't uh, i i didn't i didn't want this in my fun movie but I, I agree with you this throwing in a little real message in every movie
0: uh is always nice to see yeah admittedly i didn't have much of an opinion on this as it came across um it didn't really stick out to me as i was watching it uh as being you know tonally different but now that you mention it manny it is it is a little bit uh a little bit of a strange thing to spot in a in a 90s comedy of this sort so Yeah, I mean, I didn't have any strong feelings about it. I thought it was a fine inclusion, not one of the highlights by any means, but reasonable to include to get us on Arnie's sign.
1: I actually also really enjoyed immediately after when the principal asks what it felt like to hit that son of a bitch. Because obviously she knew and, you know, she was very aware of what was going on, but couldn't really do much about it. Um, So I thought that was a fun little touch too, yeah, and then she I, closes the door and is like, ah. yeah, "I thought
0: that was I, funny." I loved that that brought the principal over to his side. I really mm-hmm. expect I really expected yeah. uh, this to be like the "aha, we got ya. I wasn't on your side from the beginning, and now I get to fire you for punching someone in front of the kids. But they went the opposite direction. They went with like the with her totally being into it. I I thought that was a a twist, a nice yeah. I'm I'm with you,
2: Sam. My I I actually had memories of this movie of him being fired because of that, Mm. Um, which obviously were not true. But I remember that moment when he's called into the principal's office. I remember it as I was watching it this week. I'm like, oh, he this is where he gets fired, and she finally, you know, exactly what you said. I I got you where I want you, Uh, and it's not that at all. And I was like, oh. Uh, I definitely have misremembered this movie.
0: Hmm. Um, Sam, your pick. Uh, yeah, the next scene that I have listed is Crisp talking to Dominic in one of the classrooms. Okay. This is an intense scene that I can't tell if I like it. I think I don't. I think it makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> Like, it, on the one hand, it's probably the best acting that that guy does. But it's just so... Like, this would be scary for a kid to watch. This would be legitimately unsettling. This was unsettling for me to watch. This man is unhinged and very sweaty. Or, I guess, just <laughs> wet. And he's right up in this kid's face. This would be fucking terrifying for a kid to experience, I have to imagine. And, Especially uh, when
1: you're this kid and this man is telling you that like, he's your father Mm -hmm. and you have no memory of this human. And he's like scaring the shit out of you. You're like, I don't care who you are. Like, go away.
0: This was also, uh, my timeline isn't totally a hundred on this. Maybe Mandy Mm -hmm. can chime in on this. I, believe this is around the time that child abductions were like really at the forefront of the news there was a big big fear wave of like stranger danger and like this is kind of around the time that that sort of came about so i have to imagine that's a big reason for the inclusion of a scene like this Mm -hmm. uh but yeah this this was unsettling and i kind of didn't love it (laughs) if i'm being honest i think it was effective at what it was trying to do let's put it this way i think i feel this i feel the same way about this scene that you did about the uh the the aforementioned domestic abuse uh plot line (laughs) i could have done without this
2: yeah that's fair uh i remember when i was watching this part uh and the actor that plays crisp uh what's his name there Uh, okay
1: on the note of the actor who plays crisp yeah. Did either you, um, while watching this movie, um, unable to separate him from Channing Tatum? Yes, hundred percent. The, the second he came on screen, I'm like, this is like a fucking discount '90s Channing Tatum. Was, Who is this man?
0: Yeah. the love child of Channing Tatum and Val Kilmer. <laughs> That's what I had. In oh
1: his. my god, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't re- take him seriously because so I was just like, Channing Tatum, what are you doing? <laughs>
2: That. <laughs> uh my thoughts on that scene sam was with how intense richard tyson was nice. not chris but the actor mm-hmm. richard tyson how did that kid not break down into tears
0: yeah like that when i when i said that that would be terrifying for a kid i was mostly thinking of uh the kid who plays uh dominic joseph think- cousins yeah oh,
2: joseph and christian cousins yeah mm-hmm. he's played by twins right of course uh, yeah, because, like, that scene, I'm like, he's going a little intense for a probably six or seven-year-old boy to act well, across and from.
1: Where that continues on, like, those kids must have had, like, a shit ton of therapy afterwards, I bet. Or I hope they did.
2: Who knows? <laughs> Most of them um, but... Yeah. Uh Yeah. Jordan, any other last thoughts on this intense uh, exchange between the two of them?
1: Not on this scene, no. I and mean, you guys covered how unsettling it was and how I would hate to have been that child. That would have given me nightmares mm-hmm. for sure. And I would have been worried that that actor in real life would have tried to have kidnapped me at some point. Uh,
2: yeah, he was um, definitely going a little over the top on that. Alright, so enough about Creepy Boy. Let's move on to our next scene. Jordan, your pick.
1: Um, the only thing I really have left is of course the ending, the school or the shooting
3: the fun stuff. Room
1: scene? The locker room stuff. Okay. Yes. Um again, pretty fucked up for this kid. Um, his dad holds a fun little gun to his head and threatens to kill him. Did you say a um, fun little gun? I did say a fun little gun. <laughs> It rhymes, so it's cute. (laughs) You you keep you
2: keep going.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a lighthearted family movie, Manny. It's a fun little gun. Um, you know, to uh, this poor this poor fucking kid. Um, like I could not imagine existing in a place where my one of my parents, who I don't know. I don't remember and who is very adamant is my dad. First of all, I don't know that I'm trusting that in the first place.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But then when he puts a gun to my head, (laughs) I'm really, really not trusting this guy at all. Um, It was pretty fucked up. Like, it's so fun. And even even John Kimball at one point, he was like, that's your son. You are holding a gun to your son's head. Do Mm -hmm. Do you realize that you are about to kill your son if I don't put my own gun down? That's so fucked.
0: Yeah. I realize that calling somebody's bluff in this moment is an incredibly risky proposition, but homeboy traveled like all the way across the country to get his son. He's obsessed with his son and finding yeah. his son and he's holding a gun to his head. Like, I'm, I don't know. It's a risky bluff to call because the, uh, because the reward is death of a child. But yeah,
1: there's, it is a you pulling the a,
0: trigger, come on
1: <laughs> It's a lose-lose scenario, like take your losses Man, fuck
0: Yeah
1: Yeah, the, um,
2: oh, sorry, go ahead No, please No,
1: I was also just going to say, because I was quickly looking at my notes The one thing that I also wanted to briefly mention is um, The the scary mother Person yep. Who runs over Phoebe With her car Just yep. in the middle of daylight, broad daylight Just as like, nope, runs her over with a car um and i love the the return back where phoebe hits her with the baseball bat yeah uh, and it's like not so tough without your car are (laughs) is just just absolutely absurd so
0: somebody who used a baseball bat though like you're doing this you're using (laughs) some sort of external weapon still
1: yeah he didn't just like choke or anything like that like yeah
0: exactly you didn't defeat her in hand-to-hand combat, you know, a bat.
1: <laughs> but she probably could defeat her in hand-to-hand combat. She doesn't look like she's that. very, yeah.
0: I think a, I think a trained cop could likely beat a grandmother in, a, I would in hand-to-hand like combat. I'd like to hope so.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, this was my last pick as well. Is the locker room scene. Uh he uh, he like his obsession with his son just ca- completely carries over here. Uh cr- Crisp is completely panicked in this scene. And what I like is that Dominic knows to play along. He's not, despite being in kindergarten, he kind of has a good idea of what to do as a kid. And uh, I fucking love when she hits her with a fucking baseball bat. I really do. And I love that line. I love that line. You're not so tough with your car without your car um yeah big fan uh yeah i I had this scene it's a it's a very violent ending to a very violent kid movie this is so many
1: people get shot
2: yes yeah and then yeah
1: yeah well and even going back to the kid we talk about how like he handles it really well like you almost you you get a good sense throughout especially through kind of the back half of the movie where um we didn't really talk about um him and his mom all that much but um about how like she's clearly told him about the bad people and he's very aware that they exist and that they're always trying to come for them and trying to get them um so he's he's very calm under that kind of pressure cuz he's clearly he's clearly under the impression that it's going to happen and that he needs to be smart about it and that his mom's probably, you know, given him a whole bunch about it to like you know not be an idiot if the bad people come. Mm.
2: Awesome. Those are all my scenes. Yeah, that was the last one that I had, too. Alright, Sam, what's your favorite scene?
0: Uh, My favorite scene is the montage of all the kids saying what their daddy does. Uh, Super funny moment, and it's the whole charm of the movie, really. Smart direction, uh, just pointing a camera at the kids and saying, be yourselves. Uh, Works comedic gold. Awesome. Jordan?
1: Yeah, that's my favorite scene, too. I think it's fucking hilarious. I think these kids are... So funny, and it's such a good way to get, you know, you're not, cause you don't need, you're not getting a performance out of these kids. You're getting these kids being kids, and that's the best kind of way to do a movie like this with such a big ensemble of children. And it works so well. Some of these kids, you know, that saying, like, kids say the darndest things. Some of these kids said the absolute darndest things.
2: Yeah, it's a trifecta. This is easily the best scene for me as well.
0: Uh, performance review. Sam, who do you want to start with? Well, start, I guess, uh, with the obvious one Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, he's doing his Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. To his credit, there's a couple of really good line deliveries in the movie. I don't think he's really known as an actor with a lot of chops. I kind of made, like, an offhand joke to Manny uh, earlier when we were talking about this movie. It's like how he wasn't the best. But, hey, man, the man was a superstar for a reason. I think people just really get a kick out of seeing a super jacked guy who's just just larger than life. Uh, they, they get a kick out of seeing him in these sort of family situations. So um, I think a lot of the charm comes from that, like him being put in that situation and from his public persona, less from his acting chops. I don't want to harp on him too much here because he's just showing up and doing the job that was asked of him. And he's doing it well, but I don't find him to be a very good in air quotes actor if that makes sense yeah,
1: yeah he's not he's not a great actor he's yeah he's that's known he's known for a very like he's a one trick pony right and you put him in these roles he's going to do the same thing um, I did have a note early in a scene we didn't really talk about um, at the club uh, I think at one point I have a note that says Arnie your Terminator is showing because mm. um, that's what he's that's what he's good at and that's what he's known for um and you know he's the same kind of person with or without action so yeah he's he's fine in this movie um he's nothing amazing um to be fair no one in this movie is really amazing i think my favorite performances all come out of the kids um but it's serviceable and it worked it worked for the time i think it still works now um it it he's he's doing what was expected of him he wasn't expected to be a good actor in this movie. That wasn't why they hired him. They hired him for the niche of it, and it, it works.
2: Yeah, I, I just echo everything you guys said. Uh, he's not bad. He's not good. He is cast for this role for a reason, and I think he nails it. I think he does have good comedic timing. Uh, he knows the joke what, what jokes need to be done, and I think he does them well with the role that he's given. Uh, this, he... Like I mentioned earlier, he had twins two years prior to this, which was his first attempt at comedy, and he had he didn't have as much comedy he needed to do that was carried by Danny DeVito. Uh, here, I can I can see the progression he's made, his comedic timing, and his ability to work with these kids uh, is an is an improvement over what we've seen prior. Uh, Saying that, I'm not... Again, don't get me wrong. I don't think Schwarzenegger is a great actor. I think he's just really good at what he does. And what he does is provide great action. The action in this movie, not great. Uh, but it's not an action film. It's a, it's a comedy. And I think he's just fine at what he's doing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good one. Uh, Jordan, who would you like to go to next? If anybody. <laughs> Just so say there's me.
1: not a whole lot of if amazing else, performances you don't you don't have to feel um we can talk about i don't know if you maybe want to just talk about like the kids sure as like a, a as little a group. group sure um because i found them all to be again just absolutely adorable and really funny and i love that one kid who was obsessed with like death and divorce i thought he was absolutely hilarious he's definitely one of the highlights and i think two of his quotes are in my favorite quotes that we'll get to later um I don't know what the process was for picking these kids. I don't know if they picked like an actual school and just used like a class that existed um, or kind of what their actual process was. I know when they, the the main kid is twins, but, which they probably did on purpose, which they do on purpose. But um, I thought like they were all great. They were also different as well. They all had different quirks that set them apart from each other. Um, And again, they just seemed to, they seem to be having a really good time on set, which I think is a really important part for kids in film, especially when there is as, as little as they were when this movie was made. Sam.
0: Yeah. Um, I would also be curious to know about the casting process of the children. I would imagine it was sort of just a uh, at the school sort of thing, uh, you know, casting kids on the spot. Uh, but yeah, some, as, as we've said The charm of the movie really comes from the kids, and uh, we've talked about so many child performances on this podcast of uh, most child performances are pretty bad, I think. Uh, I think that's a fair thing to say. Through no fault of the children, they just have not had time to hone their craft into being good actors most of the time. Not everybody can be a Haley Joel Osment and, uh, and just knock it out of their park knock it out of the park right away or not everybody can be a Macaulay Culkin uh that being said there's some really funny kids in this movie and I think this could arguably be used as a template for how to direct children which is really uh, don't (laughs) don't (laughs) direct children just point the camera at them say hey what is what does your dad do for a living and let them talk like that's that's really it and you'll get a very convincing child performance and they'll they'll be themselves
2: yeah, I, I'm with you. The, a lot of the kids are absolutely adorable. Uh, the the gynecologist son is, is adorable, also because of his size, he is absolutely minuscule. <laughs> and um, the little girl that doesn't want to be a sheriff, she wants to be a princess, uh, melts my heart every time. It's uh, they did a really great job as at casting these kids uh, and allowing them to be as natural as possible, and it, and it shows, uh, and. Thankfully, they have really great rapport with Schwarzenegger, which is what makes this movie work. Um, moving on to my pick, I'm just gonna—I want to point out Linda Hunt. She's the principal. She's the tiny little woman. Um, I always have fond memories of her for me personally uh, from this movie, and she also has a small role in a movie I love that I don't think either one of you have seen, but it's Kevin Costner's Wyatt Earp. Uh, she's in that movie. Uh, She's just an actress that has popped up a lot uh, in the 80s and 90s in movies I've enjoyed. I love the dynamic of the difference between her and Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's part of what makes their dynamic enjoyable is that she is more powerful than him despite being about one-third his size. And she. you can see that she is enjoying... Watching Kimball suffer as a <laughs> kindergarten teacher, and at one point she, she some the he's the room is exploding, and the assistant, whatever she is a secretary or I don't know what her role is in the school, but she's always with she's always with the principal. Uh, she's like, "Aren't you going go there?" She's like, "No, I'll I'll leave him in there. He'll quit on his own." Uh, so yeah, i I had a great I had a good time um, with Linda Hunt.
0: Uh, Oscar winner, hey. Oh. oh, oh, shit. If you want to take a stab, you're welcome to. I can tell you I've never heard of this movie. You're going to tell me I'm going to get angry.
2: I'm going to think it's around 83 would be my guess.
0: Okay. Do you want the year? Sure. 82, pretty good. What's the movie? The Year of Living Dangerously. Ah, okay, yeah, I wouldn't have got it. I know mm-hmm. the
2: The movie I had in my mind... I don't even think she's in it, but it's a title that I thought
0: was it. That is not it. Um, my experience with this actress is specifically one role. As far as I can tell, I don't recognize, uh, any TV credits. Yes. I know her specifically as one role. She is the therapist in stranger than fiction for one scene. That's, that's my experience with this actress. She's good. I mean, I enjoy her in that scene, but that is, that is the entirety of my experience with her. Um, but yeah, I like her in this movie too. I, I like the character of the principal, how she comes around uh, to Arnold's character. It's nice.
1: Yeah, I have one other experience with her, which is the absolutely atrocious 1984
3: Dune movie. Oh, you did um, watch that, hey? I yeah. did
1: watch it. My mom made me. She, I told her, because I made my mom watch the new Dune, um, and she absolutely loved it, and she was obsessed with it, and she was like, I think we should watch it together. But before we do that, I need you to watch this absolute dog shit that I grew up with. And which is why I didn't want to watch Dune in the first place. Hmm. It's terrible. I don't think she's in it very much. Sorry. I need to correct myself.
2: Uh, She wasn't in Wyatt Earp. She's in a different Western that I was thinking of. Uh, It's Silverado. So my apologies.
1: Still, I haven't seen it.
2: Strike it for the record. um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't, I need to rewatch stranger than fiction. It's been so long since I've seen that. I really Um, like that movie yeah again, I will echo what you guys said. She was great in this. Um, one of my first notes on her as well was I even just love like the the height difference um, when they're when she's like it, walking into the kindergarten class, and there's this big giant Arnie and there's just like this small, tiny little woman. Um, I think it's absolutely hilarious and I, I love how they work off of each other and yeah, I, I echo what you guys said about her.
2: She is super rich.
0: I bet. Well, I saw that she has credits. She has voice credits on all of the God of War games. Oh,
2: that's not Um, what I'm looking at. She is a recurring character on NCIS Los Angeles. Oh yeah, she's fucking loaded then. Jesus. Yeah, 281 episodes. Holy (laughs) shit.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Wow. (laughs) That's that's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Sam, any other performances for you?
0: No, that basically covers it for me.
1: Jordan. You can talk about how. Terrible that one guy is whose name I've already forgotten. Oh Channing, yeah, Channing. Just discount Channing Tatum. Richard Tyson. Sure. Yeah.
0: We have <laughs> Channing Tatum at home. Channing Tatum.
1: Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: So basically, we should actually recommend this for Duncan then.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we should just we should tell him Channing Tatum's actually in it. Yeah. Just be like, hey, if you saw this movie. We think you might like it. <laughs> Poor guy.
2: <laughs> We're like Channing Tatum's dad is in this. You should watch it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was just so obvious the entire time. I could not take him seriously because I just kept seeing Channing Tatum in his face and like, Channing Tatum, why did you shoot that guy? <laughs> like, what are you doing?
0: <laughs>
1: it's just absolutely atrocious. It's not
0: very Channing of you.
1: I also died laughing at the um, the like weird d- quick dream scene that Arnie has where he like. Like floats into the yep to like the window,
3: yep.
1: I got a good chuckle out of that, too, like that was one of the weirdest scenes. Why is it in there? yeah, it's a bit I of a strange I, one
2: at nap time no honestly i I can tell I think I can tell you why that scene's in there because there's a huge gap from when crisp leaves the movie until we see him again when he comes to Astoria, mm. He's so you need so to be like reminded
1: not,
2: of him? Yeah. hey don't forget this is who this guy is <laughs> yeah I truly because there's a massive gap between when Kimball leaves to come to Astoria and crisp yeah. is left behind in the story until he shows up so he's gone for about what over 50 percent of the movie if not more so I think I the, for a filmmaking reason for filmmaking narrative that's why I think it's in there. I agree, it's fucked up and stupid, hmm. but that's the only reason I could think of. Uh, Alright, favorite performance, Sam?
0: The kids, come on.
1: Yeah, it's the kids, absolutely. Oh, I'm
2: going with Arnie.
0: Are you really? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That was another trifecta. Nope. That's fair. Nope. Uh, technical review, Sam. Start us off, my friend. Um... Yeah, what can I go with here? Um, Everything, like, this is not really a technically proficient movie. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the screenplay. In the opening opening credits, three names appear on the screenplay by (laughs) line, and that is not a good sign for any movie. I, I went, oh, no, this is a problem for this. This is a very basic plot. Tough guy becomes kindergarten teacher. And two guys win. Well, I can't do this on my own. We're gonna need we're gonna need backup on this one. We're gonna need a third person. So I don't know. I mean screenplay is this plot is at this point, at this point in 2023, the plot feels derivative, but this was kind of first first to the bowl. Like this was this was first to do it, I guess. Um not 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 quite first, but this was fresh. It was early on. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. it was definitely fresh. Um so I can't fault it too much for that. Um, a lot of the dialogue is good, but the dialogue—the best dialogue—is the improvised dialogue from the kids. Um, so I can't really give it too much credit there. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, screenplay middling. It's just, I—it just really surprised me that it required three people to write this thing. I just, it could have been written by one mediocre dude, and it would have been fine. It would have been the same.
1: Yeah, I also had a note on the screenplay, in that. I looked it up because I was going to be like, I wonder who the writer is. And I saw there were three people. I'm like, interesting. Um, and I th- I pictured them all like sitting in a room together, trying to come up with these ridiculous lines for Arnie to say. Like, mm-hmm. I think they're all just like sitting around and they're just like laughing at themselves being like, oh, well, we're going to make him say this. Or it's we really funny it? when he says here. Yeah.
0: When he says tushy, like everyone's going <laughs> to yeah. laugh. Yeah.
1: Or when he says like, I'm the potty poobah. Like, yeah. That's such a stupid line, but you can get Arnie to say it, so you will. That was my that, that was my only thought in the screenplay was these people were probably like high as a kite sitting around in a room together just like writing random shit for him to say.
0: Well, it's the 90s, so cocaine for sure. There you Sorry, go. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Definitely some
2: <laughs> cocaine in the writer's room.
0: It was not yeah. the 90s. It was well, the it 80s. would have been written in the 80s, yeah. That's right. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm.
2: Don't don't throw don't don't throw my decade into the cocaine.
0: I mean, you spent just as much time in the '80s as you did in the '90s. Shh. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hold on. Quick math. Yeah, no, my sources are telling me that (laughs) those two decades do have the same number of years.
2: (laughs) Uh, at least Sam, you have to give a little prop to the screenplay, though. Because do I? Yeah, you do. Phoebe was not pregnant.
0: Okay. One creative decision. One. Yeah. That each of the each of the writers get one third credit. They get one third point each.
1: Perfect. I also Take love it. that they didn't actually really know what to do with her, so she was just sick the whole time and then came to like the rescue at the end. Like they had no idea what to do with her character yeah, her throughout char- the entirety of the movie.
0: Man, what a rough go. Gets on a plane, gets sick, <laughs> is bedridden, gets better, gets hit by vehicle. <laughs> That is she got rough. To, she
2: got to have sex.
0: That's true.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot about that.
2: Yeah. She had more sex than Arnold did. It's true. And and she got
1: uh a chef to
2: cook her dinner. She did. Yeah,
0: really weird, like character trait inclusion oh, that she just like <laughs> loves to eat. She has hypoglycemia. Oh, no. like,
1: like, I love it. Why do we
0: know that? <laughs> I loved it it was all right
1: it did make it funny it made it was it was entertaining um how that how at that like first dinner scene where they run into um the mom and dominic what's her name joyce um
0: Ooh. technically technically rachel i believe
1: rachel joyce she
0: changes her name right
1: whoever she wants to yeah, be um <laughs> uh how she like worked that in um, she's just eating the whole time trying to like pretending to be like Arnie's sister. I thought that was mm-hmm. very funny. The kids just like, who the, what the fuck's happening?
2: <laughs> Jordan, what would you like to discuss?
1: I really had no other notes other than the score was very nineties. that was kind of it.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I was uh, to know. in all honesty, I didn't really notice the score except for the main theme. Yeah. Um, which uh, is really light and fun. Uh, I I'll, then I'll quickly jump on one aspect that I enjoyed is actually the directing. Um, Reitman really does know how to set up the comedy. When we're working with a pure comedic scene, I think they work well, such as Arnold coming into the class, the uh, "Who's your daddy and what does he do" scene, the the oh, gosh, what is the late uh, the names the li- name of the lady, Pamela Reed, who plays uh, Phoebe. I think he knows how to use her really well. There was, um, my last cut on scenes uh, that I put was actually kind of, I, basically the, the puking montage uh, when she gets off the plane. There's some really great physical comedy she does, like when she's on the side of the road and she pukes and she just falls on her face and just doesn't move. Uh, I got a really good chuckle out of that. I don't know why. I laughed actually pretty hard. Hmm. And then the next, very next scene—not even scene, but moment—in that is when she's uh, puking. I think on a bridge in the rain, and Arnold just comes and grabs her and just like just holds her at his height, so she's like a foot off the ground, and she just lets him. She looks like a rag doll. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Reitman does a good job uh, with the comedy. I think he, where he fails, which is kind of surprising, is a little bit more in what are supposed to be the tense moments. Uh, you know, like the locker room scene, he allows, you know, Richard Tyson to go a little bit overboard with the sun, which is surprising because Ivan Reitman directed Ghostbusters, which has some really good, obviously great comedic, but some good tense scenes. In fact, mm-hmm. even in 84, I think, when that movie was made, some scary scenes. And so uh, it was a little surprising. Uh, he knows how to use Arnold um, really well uh, in this movie and that's if i'm not mistaken i think reitman did twins with him um but yeah i I think the directing for what this movie is supposed to be was fine in regards to performances um in regards to technical aspects the film looks like a movie the there's nothing else that really stands out for me
0: yeah i have i have nothing else really to talk about i Struggled, honestly, to even come up with the fact that this movie has a screenplay. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, then, what is your favorite technical aspect, oh. Samuel? I don't know. None of them. Uh, the, I think the directing's a good pick. I think Ivan Reitman is, uh, is certainly a competent director or was a competent director. Um, and, yeah, one of the only technical elements I did point out in the film was uh, the direction of that scene uh, the first day at, at class. So, by default... The one technical element I liked is the one All right. that I'm going to Jordan. With.
1: Yeah, I'll go with direction two, especially in regards to um, the kids and how they decided to go about getting performances out of the kids.
2: All right. Well, it's a trifecta, and it would Whoa. have been a trifecta of trifectas if I hadn't been an asshole.
0: Yo, dog, I heard <laughs> you like trifectas.
2: All right, favorite quote, Sam, lead us off here.
0: All right. So, number one. I uh, <laughs> already mentioned this several times. Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. Uh, number two, it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. I'm not going to try to do the Arnie voice. I can't do a good Arnold. Yeah, I can't uh, do it. Uh, number three is when, uh, just for context, I didn't write down the entire dialogue in the scene, but when the kid is telling him all the teachers who are better than him. <laughs> uh, Arnold's response, I really appreciate your honesty, <laughs> is a really funny line delivery as well. Um, back to the mvp of the film uh my dad's a gynecologist he looks at vaginas all day long uh is number four and then number five uh, is another kid my dad doesn't live with us anymore he lives in new york and drives a taxi my mom hopes he's gonna die real soon that's what i got awesome I love that
1: kid um jordan all right uh, so my first scene was when we, or my first quote was from a scene we didn't discuss in, um, before the at the club. Uh, actually, my first two from the club. Um, oh, excuse me. I forgot to introduce myself. My name is John Kimball and I love my car. And he's got this like, giant fucking yep. gun in his arm. I love it. Um, and then also in the same, um, I'm the party pooper. Yep. Ridiculous. Love it. I also have the, I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Um, And I also have that my dad doesn't live with us anymore He lives in New York, drives a taxi My mom hopes he's going to die real soon And From the same kid One kid asks, what's a divorce? And he said, it's when your daddy lives someplace else And comes over to take you places And your mommy says he's a deadbeat
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right, mine uh, Mine is from the uh, Excellently named Cullen Crisp You can't just walk in here And put a gun in my face I'm trying to get a manicure (laughs) Okay Uh, I'm the party pooper. This one is all in the delivery, so I'm not going to do it justice, but it's the shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And uh, it's not a tumor, it's not a tumor. And Phoebe, you're not so tough without your car, are you? Hmm. Sammy, nice. your favorite quote.
0: I really thought coming into this, I was going to do it's not a tumor but uh, something about the line, boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. It back, that little, it's that little kid. He's too cute.
2: I can tell you right now that that was a massive hit. Back was in it? I oh, bet oh, it yeah, was. Okay. Massive. Uh,
0: the, yeah, okay, that makes sense.
2: Jordan?
1: Uh, mine's the, the, my mom hopes he's going to die real soon
2: line. <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm going with the iconic, it's not a tumor. Mm. Sam? What was the weak link of the film?
0: Uh, let's think here. I don't know. (laughs) Probably the one that, the one element that I talked about, the screenplay. It was just a little, a little lackluster and surprising that it took three people to come up with it.
2: Okay. Jordan?
1: That's fair. I said Channing Tatum. Mm.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And you just broke Duncan's heart. Uh, For me, it's the love story. Yeah, right. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. No, everything.
1: we literally didn't talk <laughs> about that at all.
2: <laughs> Completely <Nope>. inconsequential. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nope. I, I didn't feel any connection between the two of them. Nah. I didn't see any attraction between the two of them. It, it was nothing for me. So that was that was the hard part. Um all right, some trivia. Uh Arnold Schwarzenegger has said that this is his favorite role of all of his movies. It was a departure from a uh, typical action heroes, and he loved working with the children.
0: I think that really comes across on screen, actually. Yeah. I think he, you can yeah, really see true. that he's having a good time. Yeah. Uh, Ivan Reitman invented
2: the five Reitman rules of filmmaking for the kids. Listen, act natural, know your character, don't look in the camera, and be disciplined. hmm <laughs> Uh, I mentioned before, Angela Bassett has a brief, role as a, uh, a brief role as the stewardess near the beginning of the film. And Arnold Schwarzenegger demanded, as a condition to his participation in the movie, that at least an hour of time was blocked off every day so he could work out and that a fully equipped gym was provided to him. When he arrived to Astoria and noticed that there was no gym provided to him, he threatened to drop out of the movie. A group of local Astoria businessmen cobbled together equipment and put it in a gymnasium of the Astoria High School in order to make sure Arnold Schwarzenegger wouldn't leave.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Commitment. Uh,
2: Some casting what-ifs. Elijah Wood auditioned for a part as a child actor. He later told Empire Magazine that this was the worst audition he ever did. I should hope so. Uh, Christian Slater was considered for the role of Crisp. After director Ivan Reitman had seen him in Heathers, Mm. uh, but he turned it down to avoid being typecast. Uh, Ron Howard was considered to direct the film as it was produced by his production company, Imagine Entertainment, and almost got the job... But when Schwarzenegger agreed to play Kimball, he said he would only do the movie if Ivan Reitman directed due to their positive working relationship on twins. So they did work together. Hmm. Uh, Brian Grazer eventually agreed to secure Schwarzenegger starring in the film. And Howard went on to direct a backdraft. Chuck Norris, Kurt Russell, and Robin Williams were considered for the role of John Kimball.
1: Three very different movies would have happened Love Robin Williams.
0: That's not correct casting at all.
1: No.
0: Kurt Russell could have worked. Yeah. Is it the
1: first and one? Of Chuck, Chuck Norris?
2: Chuck Norris is in my Chuck- opinion Chuck Norris is a
0: worse actor than Arnold oh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Which is not easy to do.
2: No, it is. <laughs> uh, there's it's easy lot... to be worse than Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> yes. I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger is a bad actor. I just don't think he's a great actor. Fair enough. He's good at what, he's good at
0: his version of acting.
2: He like in his in his movies, I like I don't know how many of his movies you've seen. Especially the ones from the from when he became a star. Hmm. He's not wooden. He is not he's he knows the role that he's that he has to do and he does it. Where you can tell people are like this Hi, I'm I'm John Kimball, I'm the detective of this guy. <laughs> you see yeah. that more often than you would think for a Hollywood film. And mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger's not that. He is charismatic. Is he a great actor? Will he ever win an acting award? No, but he's not a bad actor. He's been in bad movies. Like I'll t- I'll flat out tell you right now, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is a better actor than Keanu Reeves. I think Keanu Ooh. Reeves is fucking horrible as a action star. Keanu Reeves is great as a physical uh. performer, but as an actor, he is bad.
0: While while I while I think I agree with you on that point. Does Arnold Schwarzenegger have a performance that's as good as Speed? The Terminator franchise. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know about that. Okay, <laughs> it's close. I like. I, I. I agree, but that's one performance. There's okay. there are a couple other good Keanu performances. Like I just don't. I just don't think that Keanu's a a good actor. I think yeah. he is incredibly gifted as a physical actor like his action
0: is phenomenal and and sadly a great human being yes as well, by ass. all accounts like, I,
2: I have nothing against him as a person
0: but yeah. i think he is an,
2: an atrociously bad actor <laughs> sorry um, uh, two more casting what ifs uh and two completely different movies the first one is bill murray
0: no
3: no
2: and the other doesn't one, work. someone that we already discussed today, Patrick Swayze.
0: Okay,
1: interesting.
0: But, but yeah, none I of don't, them. I don't see how it can be anyone other than Schwarzenegger. No. I really don't I agree.
1: Because the comedy doesn't work with anybody else. Like it doesn't, it doesn't fit. The it's only just other bad movie could at that probably
2: point. work with would, would have been Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys ever hear of? The trick that Schwarzenegger played on Stallone? Yeah, Sam has. No. That. I, I know I, know I have. We've talked about it before. Have you ever heard this, Jordan? I
1: don't think so, no.
2: Okay, so you like you know Schwarzenegger and Stallone had a rivalry, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So Schwarzenegger is a very intelligent man. And yeah. so he le- leaked to people in the industry that he was going to do a movie called Don't
0: Shoot. Stop or my mom will shoot.
2: Stop or my mom will shoot. He says it's one of the best scripts he's ever written and this is the next movie he's gonna do. He leaked it on purpose to Stallone's representatives. Stallone caught wind of it, got the movie, got the part, thinking that he was gonna scoop it from Schwarzenegger when Schwarzenegger had no intention because he knew the movie was horrible and Stallone <laughs> did it and it's fucking bad. And then he told him afterwards, he's like, I did that, so you would do that movie.
1: I'm gonna love that. That's so pretty. Yeah.
2: Chess moves. <laughs> All right. Closing credits. Sam, would you watch this movie again? Probably. Oh, nice. I, did, I honestly thought it was a no. Jordan.
1: Yeah, I'll watch it again.
2: Yeah, I'll totally watch this again. Yeah. Sam,
0: would you recommend this movie to friends? There's I, – I don't think so. I can't, I can't with the I, – I can't. I don't think. I don't think I can. If they're already a fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger – or the genre of the cheesy 90s comedy sure, but as a general wreck I, I can't do it fair enough Jordan
1: I probably could to certain people with the caveat that it's not a good movie but it is a fun time
2: yep fair this would be uh, this isn't uh, this isn't a blanket recommendation, nope. but it's a movie that I know for certain people uh, they would definitely get uh, some enjoyment out of it. Mushhead would like this movie um sam mvp of the film
0: the kids the kids are the soul of this movie without them it doesn't work
1: jordan uh, i have the kids too
2: and this is where we differ i'm going with arnold
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's fair uh sam recommend a good
2: double feature with this movie and don't say conspiracy
0: <laughs> yeah a very clearly a bad double feature I guess according to Manny um, I, I went with the only obvious one I could think of it's been a minute since I've seen this movie I did watch it a couple times when I was a kid Vin Diesel the pacifier uh, is definitely a spiritual descendant of this movie is it still any good I have no idea but I do know that the comedy is exactly the same so if you like kindergarten cop you'll probably yeah. like the pacifier
1: God, I loved that movie as a kid I watched it so often the pacifier yeah. Yeah. yeah, never seen it. Oh. There's
0: a number of a number of people our age can still do the entire the Peter, Peter Pan dance, Pan dance that yeah. Tim Diesel does at the end of that movie. Holy fuck! Yeah,
1: I think I came up in a movie chat recently, and it like unlocked a very closed aspect of my brain when we were talking yeah, about it because there was so a weird. Rock
2: versus Diesel draft, and that was oh, right.
1: Yeah, 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 it was. Um, my double feature um is a, another movie about a teacher who comes in as a substitute teacher who has zero teaching experience and forms really great relationships with his kids. And it's School of Rock.
0: Tight. Can't believe I didn't think of that. I can't believe you didn't either.
1: I thought you yeah. might have. I was like, I wonder if I'll we'll, we'll cross on this one.
0: No, yeah, that's that's a way better pick. Definitely watch School of Rock instead of the Fire. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I would argue, I would argue, mine pairs better, but the yeah, movie like, is far worse. <laughs>
1: School of Rock is a way better movie, and yeah. you should probably watch it after you watch Kindergarten Cop, and not before you watch Kindergarten. Yeah, finish with a good movie, which, usually. Which we'll
2: get to in a moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> my, uh, for me, mine is the obvious. Uh, I'm gonna just go with Twins, his first mm-hmm. foray into comedy, and another Ivan Reitman film with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, um, that's my pick. Uh, as we've started to enjoy this segment a little bit more. Sam, it's a double feature night.
0: What order are you watching these movies? Uh, I it's been a minute like I said since I've seen Pacifier so I can't do my normal cheat code of just finishing with the good movie. Uh, I think I am going to uh start with going to start with Kindergarten Cop. We're going to go chronological okay. and we're going to make a little bit of fun of the Pacifier for ripping it off. Okay. That's right. the strategy. Jordan, what order are you watching your films in?
1: Yeah, I'm watching Kindergarten for Kindergarten Cop first and then School of Rock because School of Rock is objectively a really good movie and Kindergarten Cop is objectively a very bad movie.
2: Okay. Uh, I think we have another trifecta. I'm going to start with Kindergarten Cop. Is that right? You started with Kindergarten Cop 2, Sam? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Kindergarten Cop and then followed by Twins. Hmm. Um, I did... I had a I had a good time when I watched Twins. Uh, they're both objectively about the same quality, but there's some other more enjoyable Arnold moments in Twins than there are in Kindergarten Cop.
1: That movie's um, been on my watch list for a very long time.
2: It, yeah, it's got some it got some stuff in there that
0: is definitely enjoyable.
2: Uh, Sam, what will be this film's legacy?
0: Uh, I guess the legacy of it is the. The tough guy having to soften his shell to uh, to connect with kids—that genre of comedy owes a lot to this to this movie. Oh, I like that answer. Yeah, awesome, Jordan.
1: Yeah, I'll piggyback off of that because I actually really struggled with this question and had no idea. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, uh, this was uh, easy for me. Uh, I love Sam's answer, and I would actually kind of want to piggyback on that. But for <laughs> me, the legacy of this movie is it's not a tumor. Oh, yeah, true. That's, that's also fair. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sam, did you learn anything from this movie?
0: The innocence of children is a good tool for softening up one's tough exterior.
3: Oh fuck!
2: You fucking killed this section every time. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit, Jordan.
1: You know, I was gonna go with something profound because I know historically Sam does that too, and it, and you always <laughs> have that. You have the same reaction every single time. Uh, oh, however, I couldn't. It. I couldn't do it for this one. So what I learned was. If you can't be a good father or husband to your own family, go find one with lower standards.
0: <laughs> that's a great answer. That's a really good answer. Wicked. Uh, for me, what I learned from this movie was that
2: uh, Arnie can can be funny. Uh, mm. That was that was that was all I learned. Nice, uh, Sam. Your final thoughts on Kindergarten Cop.
0: Yeah, I mean, as is often the the case with uh, some of these sillier movies, uh, I, I went in with maybe some low expectations. I came out not really totally sure of my thoughts on the movie. I had a great time talking about this with you guys. Uh, it is not a great movie. It's not. Um, did I have a good time? Yes, I did. Uh, there were a lot of things I just didn't care for the romance subplot. We completely glazed over in our favorite scenes. It it was completely inconsequential. We didn't touch it. No, we did not touch it. We forgot the name of the romantic interest (laughs) and she has two. We had two chances at it (laughs) and, uh, we couldn't get it. Uh, this movie is worth the watch. If for nothing else, uh, the children are hilarious. Reitman, uh, directs them or does not direct them very well. And, uh, if you if Arnie doing his doing his comedic shtick is your thing, you'll definitely like this too. Um, are there even better versions of this trope? I don't know. This is probably the best. This genre has not gotten its Citizen Kane yet. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's going to? <laughs> I don't know. I really hope so. I, I'm rooting for the tough guy with children genre, uh, but it as of this point, it's not the type of thing that connects with me even a little bit. I am not somebody who is predisposed to like this movie. Um, with that being said, a reasonably enough, uh, good time.
1: Fair enough. Um, I have a lot of nostalgia associated with this movie. Uh, I watched a bunch of it as a kid. Often it was on TV a lot. I had a lot of exposure to it. Uh, so I came into this watch hoping that it was at least still serviceable um, and that I wasn't going to hate it. And I didn't. I absolutely think this movie is still a really fun time. Um, Arnie and the kids are absolutely adorable. And definitely the reason to watch it is for the performances that, you know, you can get out of the kids and the interactions between Arnold Schwarzenegger and a bunch of five-year-olds. It's absolutely adorable. Um, as we've all mentioned already, this is not objectively a very well-made movie. Um, the, the villain leaves much to be desired. Um, it's got some weird themes and, um, kind of crosses into a couple of different, different genres at points, which kind of feels a little off, but ultimately it's still like a fun, at the end of the day, it's a fun, feel good movie that, um, you know, stars someone who wouldn't normally be in this kind of movie, which makes the the novelty of it, uh, work really well. Um, it's a good, easy watch. Doesn't take much out of you. Um, yeah, that's, I think it's a fun movie. It's not going to be for everybody, but uh, I really still enjoy it.
2: I really love that. Has the Citizen Kane of this genre been made yet? (laughs) Um, And I just did a quick search and I, I I agree. I don't think there has been. Um, It's waiting. It is waiting. Um, There is one movie that they did include in this kind of movie. That I disagree with, that it shouldn't really be. It's I. I don't think it's in the genre, but they included uh, Temple of Doom.
0: Oh, interesting. Mm. The other yeah. one of this that I don't think is in this genre that came across in a little bit of my looking up of alternative movies was Mrs. Doubtfire. I no. I I don't no. really consider these to be the same movie. No, but yeah. No,
2: I th- I think what the, I think the crossover there is like the babysitting of kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is one of the first of this genre, like you said, uh, a, a, a known action star, a known tough guy uh, in a movie with kids. And this is one of the first. This is kind of, like I said, one of the first, not the first, but one of the first sets the template, uh, which has been followed and copied. And again, it, the the great one hasn't been made yet. And so uh until it has this this one out of the ones that they've listed so far might be the one that i would go with hmm. um i'm missing a few of them uh yeah the one one that they did listen he's not quite a tough guy but they did list um three men and a baby hmm. which is a I movie i really i had a really good time with um but whatever um I've always enjoyed this movie. Uh, like I said, I grew up as an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. I was caught in the hype because I was a, uh, a young kid and a young teenager when he was at the height of his fame. And uh, I bought into everything he did. I had a, a very enjoyable time revisiting this. Would I have enjoyed it as much if I hadn't watched an almost depressing film prior? Uh, like I said, th- that watching it before watching this definitely heightened my enjoyment of this movie. Uh, so take that for what it is. Uh, But I had a good time. Uh, The kids are adorable. I think Arnold does uh, a good job uh, acting with them, and there is a completely unnecessary and ridiculous love story that's put in there that makes no sense whatsoever, Uh, and that's why we didn't even talk about it except to mock it when we got near the end of the show. Um, Yeah, kindergarten cop, perfectly serviceable,
0: genre-defining
2: uh, genre-defining film but uh, that makes it those are elegant. two
0: adjectives you don't put together too often uh, <laughs> genre-defining and perfectly serviceable
2: <laughs> yeah it, and that's what it is yeah, like, yeah. it, I, I, as soon as I I was like it, this is basically genre-defining but it is not an excellent film yeah uh, but this is this explains is temp- why the whole
0: genre is so mediocre yes, <laughs> this, it, this movie defined it
2: yeah 100% agree 100% agree um, Alright time to give this movie a rating Sam what are you giving Kindergarten Cop
0: I was between a couple Different ratings throughout the course of it uh, it, it is Almost a 2 uh, But uh, because of the kids uh, It's a 3 the kids are really cute
1: Yeah it's a It's a 3 from me too I it Never really approached 4 as much As I love the nostalgia and I love The kids and everything It's still not a great movie Yet again, trifecta. <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it's a three for me. This, di- this didn't come close to a four, um, but never sniffed a two. Is, I there,
0: mean- is there a Sam Pantheon for movies? Like, instead of all of us give it a five, all of us give it a three. <laughs> We're going to have to look into all of those. It can't be too many.
2: Is it a yeah. a, a Sam Mediocrity or something? Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, that's this podcast. Oh. <laughs> that is- <laughs> Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. I could well, I can look into that see if there's three yeah. across the board. That would, Another actually, time. I, think, I bet you that's more rare.
0: Probably. Probably, Probably is. Because yeah. um, usually,
1: especially when you have guests on more often than not, they're coming on to a movie they like. Mm-hmm. So I bet even the most if common. You guys spores. don't. Yeah, I think so.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Actually, I can tell you, I'm, this is now, you were, you were the first guest to give something lower than a four this year. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was like, I was about ever? To be like, <laughs> What? Yeah, this year. Oh, and also That's fair. if you remember, only one guest has ever given a movie they reviewed a failing grade. And how, how it's, it's on, and it's on oh. and it's on a missing episode.
1: Oh <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. Um all right, Sam. What's going on next week? Well, actually as a heads up to our listeners, there will be no podcast next week. The next podcast won't be coming out for two weeks. Two weeks. But
0: what is the next episode on? The next episode, week after next, uh, episode 259, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Why are we doing this movie? Because it is the, let's call it the best bad movie that year. Uh, The Razzie Award winner, worst picture. Uh, We're going to be doing The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Manny, I believe you have seen this movie a couple times, right? I've seen
2: this movie often, yeah.
0: Often. Yeah, Mm. loved it as a kid, loved it. When was the last time you watched it?
2: Uh, let's see. This movie came out in 1990. I would say an accurate description of the last time I watched this movie would have been around 1998.
0: Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Sometime in your early 20s, that would put it? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, as per tradition, as a movie, uh, Sam has not seen. And Jordan has not seen this movie. And prior to us mentioning it, I don't think she'd ever heard of it. Is that right? No. <laughs> Okay. Not at all. So Jordan's going to join in the game. But Sam lost the coin toss. So Sam has to go first on what he thinks the movie, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, is about. And just before you do this, Jordan, what are the chances that you'll watch this movie?
1: Uh, If it's streaming on something... It's not. Lower. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. Honestly... If I listen to your guys' spoiler-free discussion and it makes me want to watch it, I might. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Did you watch Hudson Hawk? Not yet, no. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, you did. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I had a great okay. time with it. On my yeah, recommendation, right. you got loaded yeah. and watched it, right? I did. I did. I had a great time with it. It was <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> I love You were so loaded that you forgot that you watched it.
1: <laughs> I was like, what's Hudson Hawk? And I was like, oh, wait. I remember this conversation. Yeah, I yeah. did. I liked it.
2: <laughs> okay, interesting. All right, Sam? What is the movie "The Adventures of Ford Fairlane" about?
0: Okay, I'm gonna uh, conceal the one part that I do know uh, in advance, since Jordan's also gonna guess. But I know the person oh. who stars in the movie, so okay, I'm gonna, that, I'm gonna keep right. that a secret. Did,
2: oh, uh, that's right. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh So, but other than that, I know nothing about it. Title like "The Adventures of Ford Fairlane." It feels like if we're we're talking about screenwriters and writing names that are either good or bad. The inclusion of Ford and Lane in the name leads me to believe there's some sort of vehicle at the center of this adventure. I think a central uh, component of Ford Fairlane's personality is that he's going to be very interested in cars or he's he's going to have some car that he's really proud of. And it's going to be a road trip movie of some kind. Adventures of Ford Fairlane. It's going to be a road trip movie of some kind. Um what is he? Since we were talking about Hudson Hawk, let's say he's a he's a private detective driving around driving around the U, the U.S. of A. solving some crimes. Okay, Adventures of Ford Fairlane. That sounds like a fun movie. It does. All right, <laughs> does Jordan. it sound like the movie we're gonna watch? <laughs>
3: um,
1: I didn't well, go just, quite. Just, in... just one quick.
2: Just one quick thing, I, and I'm pretty sure you wouldn't. If you end up looking up what this movie's about after Jordan, don't. Don't wreck it for Sam.
1: Oh no! Of course not. Okay, perfect. Um I didn't really think too hard about it, um, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, I'm going to imagine that this this gentleman named Ford Fairlane, uh, in my mind, he's uh, he's committed a crime.
0: Mm.
1: Ooh, maybe some the theft. other
0: side of the law.
1: Yeah, I was going the other side. I was going. He's he's a criminal, and uh, he's trying to. Uh, he's he's on the run. And he has a comedy of errors as he's trying to uh, escape the the law. And that's what oh. his adventures are, him trying to trying to get free. All right. What
2: is his crime? He's... Loving too much.
1: <laughs> I don't know. He tried to rob a casino or something. Rob a casino. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting choice. Do, do you I think have... I have to watch this now. Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too invested. And, and yeah, I'm gonna go watch it. You've obviously never heard of this movie, so you have no idea of the cast.
0: No.
3: <laughs> okay. Do you want to I... do you want to
2: yeah. take a stab in the dark at who? The I don't. I don't
0: think is. Jordan's even heard of this person. Probably. I've...
2: She had. She has seen a movie with him in it.
0: I don't think I have. Which
2: even if I told you, even if I told you the movie, Jordan, you still wouldn't yeah. guess.
1: There's like, I have like a face in my brain, um, but I don't know his name and I don't know a movie he's been in, but I can see his face. Oh, awesome. I can't, I'm trying to think of a movie he's been in. Okay. And I genuinely, he looks like, I don't know, he reminds me of maybe like Matt Damon a little bit, but older, older, like he would have been young, like he would have been youngish now, I think. I'm sorry. Like young, I like have like,
2: young, like youngish in 1990s. What you're saying? Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm sorry. I have no idea what his name is, and i I can just see his face. We need like, like a police picture. sketch artist. I know. In here.
3: <laughs> okay.
1: I feel like he's been in like a sports movie of some sorts, but I genuinely, if I figure out who it is, I'll message you guys later. Okay, Sam. Did you
2: want to reveal who the lead,
0: who Ford Fairlane is? Uh, sure. I'll, I'll just do this now. Jordan, have you ever heard of Andrew Dice Clay?
3: No. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, I've, I'm have i sitting here all cocky and smug like I know who this is, but really I have no experience with Andrew Dice Clay. I just know who he is. Jordan,
2: the it-
1: movie
0: you've seen
2: with Andrew Dice Clay is uh, A Star is Born.
1: Oh, I wouldn't remember that. I hated that
2: movie. Oh, You just broke my heart. You're, <laughs> You're done. Yeah, you already knew that. <laughs> Perfect timing. Thank you, Jordan, for coming on the podcast. Now, fuck off. <laughs> I also,
1: I have seen... I think I have seen Pretty in Pink. I also have no idea who he is in that either.
2: Oh, he's—it's a small role. He's um, uh, a bouncer.
1: Is he like a comedian?
2: Yeah, he's a stand-up yeah. comedian. Not to say he there's was... a
1: bunch of credits that has his name in it, and I'm like, he must be—he must have like Ma- his own like.
2: He was a huge comedian massive. in the late, late '80s. Jordan, do not watch his comedy. Okay. Do Noted. not.
1: He has a you movie will, called will Amazon like Women on the Moon that was like absolutely it. atrocious.
2: You will not like his stand up comedy.
1: Noted. <laughs> I trust <laughs> yeah. you to know that for me. <laughs> yeah.
2: There are there are some parts that you would like, but there is a lot that you will you will immediately turn him off. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. Yep. Just remember when this was. Oh I do. There you go. Uh, all right, it is time to say farewell to our all-time leader in appearances, number two. Keep that up. Jordan. I got to line up Thank my you. next one already. Do you have the next one?
1: No. Oh, okay.
0: A lucky appearance number 13 in the bag. Yeah. Well done, Jordan. Yeah. It was all well done, as as always usual.
2: an absolute pleasure. We had a, some technical snafus, but we uh, navigated them uh, swiftly.
0: Uh, dead. Or as swiftly well, as possible. We tried, yeah. As quickly
2: as possible. Uh, and yeah. may, Hopefully the people direct.
0: are hearing what we're talking about <laughs> <Yeah>. right now.
1: <laughs>
0: if, you, if you've heard this conversation, Manny has oh, done man. some masterful editing.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, thank yeah. you guys for having me on. Yeah. I Couldn't love be another being on here. last episode
0: for all we know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Half lost.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, I love coming on here and talking about movies with you guys. So hmm. I'm glad that I, won half the record um, considering I haven't met, I've only met one human that's ever been on the spot, or two, I guess, technically, uh, in person. Um, Who else I did love... you meet? Well, Emma's been on the Emma. podcast. Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't participate in the chat. So.
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, um, Wes? No.
1: No, not yet. One day. I'm sure one day. Oh, um, sure. But no, it's always a pleasure getting to do this with you guys. I love talking about movies with you. Yeah, and...
2: we, we love having you on, and uh, we do have. Uh we do have the next miniseries lined up. We will be revealing it actually probably pretty soon. Uh also if you guys do
1: Dune part two
2: No? We, yeah. uh, no? I don't, no. We hadn't discussed it. We We don't have plans to. Yeah, we don't have plans to. We find it hard to do current new films. releases. That's yeah. fair. We could do a bonus episode and just have a free form on it if we wanted. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. We shoot the show. As it gets closer, we'll discuss it. Yeah. Um But, yeah, thank you again for coming on. Uh, Can't wait to have you on uh, for number 14. And we always appreciate you. And, yeah, it's fucking – I love it when you come on. It's fucking fun.
1: No, thank you guys so much. uh, Yeah, I also look forward to number 14, whatever it ends up being.
2: We should pick something purposely bad.
1: Well, we tried to. It's funny. We tried to do that for this. right? that was the whole point. We was trying yeah, to try and find a movie that was perfectly bad. And I'm like, no, I had a really good time with it. So we need to actually find one that's actively bad that yeah, has v- little redeeming qualities. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh okay awesome thank you jordan uh please remember to rate review and subscribe to us on itunes to give us a five-star rating and a positive review it does increase the profile of our podcast allows more people to find us you can also give us a rating on spotify which we greatly appreciate also on spotify you will find our question uh which if you answer i will read on air as jordan knows and i appreciate it. i fucking love it jordan what's question I, I do it for you
1: one?
0: Thank you. That's adorable. Uh, oh, dude. How weird is this? Uh, yeah. Sorry. I just got to cut you off. Rachel, during this episode, during the recording of this episode, Rachel posted in the movie chat, she's currently watching The Pacifier. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Unreal.
2: Um, <laughs> You can also follow us on Instagram at Sam Manny underscore movie. You can email us at sammanymoviepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Letterboxd at Manny42, Sam Reimer, and Jordan, what's yours? J.A. Spires. J.A. Spires. Uh, if you're not on Letterboxd and you're someone that likes movies, that is an atrocity that you need to fix. Uh, I was going to make a very bad joke about conspiracy, but I'm going to skip over it. Uh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy right Look, at yeah. Jordan. Look at Jordan <laughs> <laughs> For Did
1: you like the... briefly remember You had a Jew on the podcast
0: And <laughs> <laughs> he's very here? red right now <laughs> wouldn't,
1: wouldn't it stop me I'm, Like can you see the sweat It's yeah. so hot in you're here glean, You're glistening
2: you're uh, It's so hot in here Anyways Alright That was a great way To end the episode With a very not quite offside, but everyone knew what I was thinking. Joke. For the Samuel Emanuel Movie Podcast, I'm Manny Manuel.
0: I really appreciate your honesty. I'm Sam Reimer.
2: Adios!